Alright, hello, what's going on? We're doing some torque talking today. My name is Rich Ryan, bringing you these awesome athlete interviews. We're recapping some of the races over this past weekend. We had the Spartan North American Championships where there were five torque athletes participating and obstacle course race world championships where we had one Logan Broadbent attending. So in order, we talked to Josh Reed in his fourth place finish, had a really tumultuous race uh, if you followed spartan's instagram at all you probably know a little bit of that so we dive into what exactly he had going on pretty craziness going out there then we talked to annie doobie off of her second place finish at spartan noram and uh she just had a battle and it was awesome to kind of talk about her mindset into it after a, a really great season that she's that she's having so really cool to to cover what, how she's been doing along the way then we talked to logan broadbent who was doing the 15K at Obstacle Obstacle Course Race World Championships, and he finished third there. Also a ridiculous story, like a ton of travel, something I've never heard an OCR athlete doing to get to a race. So really cool to hear his perspective on that. Then we had Vince Pukowski, who finished eighth at Spartan Noriam in just his fourth ever Spartan race. So really impressive hearing the things that he's learned along the way and what he needs to do to improve. Also racing this past weekend, we had Mark Audette, who finished seventh at North American Championships of Spartan, and Jamie Brusa, who also finished seventh at Spartan North American Championship. And then we had Aaron Ross, who just like decided to do a, a toughest mutter, just just did it. <laughs> it was in the West Coast. She ended up on the podium where, you know, she's just like, yeah, whatever, I'm here. I'll just do this crazy 12-hour race, no problem. And she crushed it. So really awesome weekend from a bunch of awesome athletes, and I think you're going to enjoy these conversations very much. All right, let's do it. All right, Josh Reed. Hello, what's up, dude? Hey, hey, recording in progress. It's happening now. Real happy to get you on here. I'm excited to recap this race. We haven't seen too much of you this year. You did how many races have you done? Just one. The I just did one weekend. I I did the Bethel weekend. The Bethel weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Where you where you were on the podium always. If there's a a venue in the Northeast, you're gonna get on that podium. Ooh, that regional life. (laughs) Yes, right. So yeah, you you. uh, made your way out and you're on podcasts a couple weeks ago, just kind of talking about what you're up to and like how this was, you know, kind of a big race for you. So before we really get into the nuts and bolts of everything, you, you, some, you managed to get put in the books of Spartan lore in the matter instantaneously by one Instagram post. Now you are a legend. That's pretty cool. Apparently. I mean, it was kind of an uncomfortable way of getting there. But take it, silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> it would, yeah. There's probably better ways to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so how's your shoulder? What's going on? How is it? Uh it's it's uncomfortable. It's achy. I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked. It's let's see, today's Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's pretty rad. All right, five days have gone by. I have a little more range. I can't lift it over my head, but uh, but I went for a bike ride. Actually, fucking ridiculously difficult bike ride uh with uh with atkins we went up to uh some some lost lake and it was super technical and it was definitely good uh a good challenge for the shoulder it seems to be like pretty secure in that like forward 45 degree angle but uh but yeah running running actually hurts like i can't can't get the swing going i think my my uh, anterior delt like the front delt that's a little bit uh shredded up that's a little uh, uncomfortable. My biceps pretty gosh darn worked, but anyways, uh, yeah, it got dislocated, but it's back in its place. Uh, I'll get an MRI 
when in a week when I'm back in Durango and see what the actual verdict is there. But it's looking like I'll at least be able to run next week, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's feeling a little bit better. Time. So those who like didn't see there were on the monkey bars, like they happened to capture you at both times because you were doing so well, which we will definitely cover. Uh, it seems like overhead and then you yell an expletive and then drop down like look at the camera dude almost they're like uh my shoulder popped out can you you know how to put this back in (laughs) (laughs) so uh was it like how did you get it back in because that wasn't that far there was like kind of in the middle of the race right there's still some time to to run the monkey bar was like mile four four yeah (laughs) it was pretty early (laughs) yeah uh yeah, I just kind of like kept wiggling it around. Like I, I, I went overhead, went out to the front, and then I ended up going to the side, and it just kind of like clicked back in. And that's what happened the second time too. Honestly, it was just by by total chance and luck that it went it went back in. So, so that's pretty rad. Is this something that happens? Have you had this happen? Mm-hmm. No, and I'm pretty sure it's funny because that's like every single person that has talked to me about it has asked me that because apparently it is that is a thing. It's like once it happens, it happens more common. Right. I. uh well, because kind Abram, of, it seems like you knew what happened. You're like, oh, I dislocated my shoulder, or like it popped out. Does oh, it dude. just feel that way? It's just like, oh, there's no. It's like there's no way this is anything I, but that. I yeah the, yeah it's like it's clearly out of place. Like, <laughs> it is it has separated like outward and has dropped forward, and I've lost pretty much all control of it. It's like it got abducted from me. Super odd odd feeling. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I tore my labrum like three or four years ago in a dirt bike accident. And, uh, and it felt pretty similar to that. I don't know if when the dirt bike accident happened, like it dislocated, but kind of went right back in, but mm-hmm. in that process, it tore the labrum. But I, I imagine that's what left it, uh, compromised also, like, I don't know if you've seen the video, but I decided to lache cause I'm like, Oh, I can, I feel like I can do this here. And I just reached out too far. Like I was just so outstretched. It was, you know, it was, it was a decision that I made in a fraction of a second just being a G you're like, I'm slashing in this thing. Never I'm done like, it before, ah, but it can't be that hard. Shit. Does, uh, yeah. <laughs> was, um, so in the video, it looked like you were just kind of like t- in the, the Instagram clip, cause I said, I was just watching the video now two times speed. So if you're, if you're crunched on time, you could two times speed on YouTube and just get through that video. Um, but if you, it looked like you were tar- like more like Tarzan swinging through, but did you start at with a lache? No, so in the video, I was Tarzan swinging, but I, I did a one-arm lache. So I swung through with one arm and then leapt and reached with the other arm. So it was like a six-foot lache, but I was like, you know, my right arm was behind me. And I let go with that as I reached out with the left. Yeah, I just like stretched out too far. And I don't know how. Like I knew as soon as I started to swing underneath it, I like, felt something really weird. But my my hand stayed gripped. So I know. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Well, that's the thing with these obstacles at Tahoe. It's like so dry and like you're kind of swayed, so like sticky. You know, like those metal bars, they feel easy. Yeah, the obstacles, it was it was a really, really good weather day. It was a fast day in all regards. So let's all right, let's back all the way up. So glad your shoulder isn't still out of the side. I'm glad that you're feeling optimistic about it i guess is how we could say it but yeah stupid me because yeah. i just assumed this was something that happened because of the way that you were like oh yeah could somebody put this could somebody put this back in and then i was like oh you're gonna are you gonna do telluride and you're like 
no, <laughs> my shoulder is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe you just put that, put that sucker back in there and then you just yeah. do, go for 24 hours. Who knows? I wish, I wish there was a little bit of carnage, you know, on the way in and out. And the second time it happened, it was definitely, definitely worse. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, you'd imagine like, like you said on a dirt bike accident, like if it comes out, like it's going to just, it's probably just ripping through stuff. You know, it's not just like, Shredded. yeah, yeah. Shredded inside now. Totally. <laughs> um, so let's start, let's start from the beginning, right? So this, it starts with a big climb and you were talking before and just the way you've raced in, in previous races, the, the big climbs are an area where you've been working on heavily and that, you know, you might not be as aggressive as, as some on those, but they are long races. So how did that first climb go? Like, where were you? So that the first time was really good. I, uh, it, I knew it was going to be somewhere in the ballpark of like two miles before things flattened out. Uh, and I started out like in, like in third for the first hundred meters and then kind of went back into like seventh or eighth, but I realized it wasn't stretching out as quickly as it did in, uh, 2019 at the world championship race. So, and I felt like really, really good. Actually, I thought to myself, huh? This feels ridiculously comfortable. No one's stretching out. I'm just going to hang out like right here. And then as it did kind of start to stretch out, like I saw little opportunities like Pat, like like make a little surge past this person, past that person. Uh, but as I let, like I kept checking my watch. I checked my watch a lot during this race. Um, like on, I was checking paces and checking like time. So, you know, you pick out a spot where the guy ahead of you is passing and then you pass and you realize, okay, I'm 15 seconds back. Cool. I'm going to check it in like two minutes and see if that stretched out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I let like the group of, it was like Woods, Atkins, Gaudet, uh, I don't know Lars's last name. Arnson, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it was, I think it was just them, but yeah, I let them stretch out. I was looking down on my watch. I'm like, all right, they're 30 seconds ahead of me. And that was kind of like right before the bucket. And I was in no rush. I'm like, this race is two and a half miles in the downhill and second climber coming. Like I'm, I am stoked. I feel so good being right here. So sitting in, in fifth at the top, is just, what was that? How long did it take that climb to just from start line to bucket? What was that like for you guys? Um, trying to think of how long that actually, how long it actually took. I'd have to go back and look into it, but it was, I can't, I don't think it was more than 30 minutes to the, yeah. uh, to the bucket. And then go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it was like, it was really smooth running. I mean, there was hardly any technical, there was like a hundred meter technical section on the way up. Everything else was like really nice runnable, just like lock into your cadence and, and just cruise it up. Would you have rather seen it more technical? Like, how do you think that would have fared for you? Cause I mean, coming out of that feeling comfortable, being in a top five position was, you know, probably ideal, right? Do you think it would have been better or worse for you if it was like more technical, more rocky or something? Uh, I think, I don't know. I think it, it wouldn't have been very, very different. I'm not sure how things would have changed as far as the placement, but it felt really good because that's what I've been training on for the past like seven weeks. So I think I was really stoked to see, see that training manifest. So I think the excitement for for seeing like, yeah, that training uh, in action might've been better actually. So even though I'm a technical guy, I think I was really happy to run this less technical course. Yeah. And like, it's nice to have the feedback be, 
usable like on the on your watch like i'm sure like what you would have been running in durango is closer to tahoe than the catskills right so like super true runnable terrain like the data on my watch it's way be much easier to mm -hmm. do like apples to apples whereas technical terrain like the technicality aspect will always be different so it's like okay this is about a about a 17 percent grade and i'm running 10 minute mile pace it's like great adjusted pace i'm running like high five low six like okay that's a good spot to be Nice. Nice. So at the top then, did you hit your spear? Yeah. Nice. Were people so Mark missed his, right? Did mm-hmm. and well on hell was on hell behind you at this point? Yeah. He was. Okay. And did he hit his spear? <laughs> I he like, didn't. I actually didn't. I actually yeah, I just watched the the replay. I thought he did, which makes me even more impressed with his running. Yeah. Well we'll, we'll just leave it at that because he must have hammered that backhand. If you got to the top before him. And he's not on Strava. Is he on Strava or is there able to like? He, yeah, he was on Strava. I tried to go, I tried to go like compare our Stravas, but he, his kind of like went all over the place. His Strava kind of glitched out. Ah, uh, got it. Um, so of the top guys did, it was, so Woods and Atkins, they both, they both hit then, right? So it was it. The, those mm-hmm. two. And then, uh, did Lars hit his? No. No. So you oh, were in, th- you were in third. Right out of the spear. Yep nice could you see those yeah could you see those dudes then because then it's like at the top was like an obstacle gauntlet right like it kind of uh circled around up there and it was like yeah uh, twister and um, multi-rig and all that so you seeing these guys are they right are they right in front of you yeah i could see them they're like 55 seconds on me wow cool what are you thinking at the top sweet (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is this is real nice this is this is excellent so going through that i mean it was just beater, barbed wires, the slip wall. It, for some reason, they have a slip wall, even though there's no water, but slip wall is what it is. What? Yeah, it wasn't very slippery. <laughs> and no, no. And then on the carry, is there? are you trying to catch them? Are you still kind of running your own race? Or what are you, what are you thinking at this point? Later, dude. Swim? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yo, one second, Richie. Dude, that was fun, man. Yeah. I'll have to catch you back on the East Coast, I guess. <laughs> all right you know me i'm I'm always late to stuff i'll be hanging ryan's getting out there for a swim and go swim in tahoe that's 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 your new friend i'm over here like your old like your old friend like your, the kid you like grew up with and like like live next door but in high school like you get a, a different lunch table that's that's your friend <laughs> Dude, i got i got room for multiple lunch tables you can't have multiple lunch tables. How many lunches are you eating? All right. Lots of lunches, son. And on Wednesdays, we were pink. <laughs> All right. So you were, tra- you were trailing Mr. Atkins, who you just heard from, um, and, and, and Woods. Are you, trying to, are you trying to gain on them? Or is that part of the race at this point? Or are you still like, the descent's coming. If I'm going to catch them, it's probably going to be on the descent. So like, should I even waste energy here? Or were you still, were you trying to be aggressive? And was there anybody behind you at this point? Cause it seemed like everybody missed a spear. Were you by it was, yourself? It was a huge gap. I was totally by myself. So after I came out of the spear, I just kind of hammered it down and tried to kind of disconnect. Cause it was super open up top. Like you have really good visual. Like I could see, I could see the Ryan's in the distance. And you know, again, I'm checking my watch and I'm coming through. And by the time we got to, yeah, like mile three and a half where like the tire rolling traverse and, uh, uh, and beater and and the slip wall that was like Atkins had a minute on me, and which means Woods probably had like 
a minute and a half on me at that point. So I okay. saw them, but I mean, if I'm being honest, like, yeah, I was having a great race, but I still kind of acknowledge where I'm at. And I knew that, yeah, if something happens, maybe I could, I could catch them, but it was a race for third. Okay. So you're, you're kind of racing the guys behind you more or less. To- yeah. I'm just trying to try to drop all of them. So again, I haven't watched the footage yet. So like, I'm just doing this in my head. So on hell missed, uh, you hit Lars missed Mark missed Vince missed Josh Fry must've hit. I think Josh Fry hit Josh Fry must've hit who finished in sixth. And then yeah. Wow. So like everybody missed there were so many people missing that up there. Interesting. Yeah. I was kind of, I mean, I was kind of surprised, but you know, it's what, it's what it is. Yeah. They'll take it. So at the sand, at the sandbag, then same deal, just like push out in front. Was there, or how was your, how was your carry? My carry was good. I was actually conservative on the, cause I had already kind of broken visual contact with everyone else. So as far as who was behind me, I could see uh, the Ryans in front of me. Like they were just starting to come up the pipe as I was heading down. So, so I could like, we were all climbing on the one side at the same time. So at that point they were about a minute and a half ahead of me. Um, but, but yeah, I took it pretty conservative going down the pipe. Cause I, cause it had, had weight on my shoulders. Uh, I wanted to save my quads cause like there's still a lot of race left to go. So it's like, yeah, I want to break away from people behind me, but I didn't want to get a little too, too ambitious with that. Right. Still early. Still like, ha- it's like the halfway point more or less. Or... Dude, yeah. Not a quarter. We're a quarter into the race or I'm sorry, a third. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, the, and you had this, so you come off so sandbag and then it's the monkey bars, which we had talked about before single arm lache inappropriate timing for, for, for a, uh, for, a, for experimentation, for experimentation, but you got to learn, <laughs> you got to learn somehow. You gotta learn, man. <laughs> so we know we, you can complete that, but the byproduct might be, you know, less than desirable. So you get through that, right? And so it sounds like there's a, a, a huge gap. And it kind of looked like from the video, I couldn't tell where it was, just like the clip that I saw. I was like, why is there no one else around? Like, because it, it was just you. And so you wiggle the thing back in. How long of time does that take? And what are you thinking? Are you like, because it's just about the descent, right? And this is like a descent that I know you've probably been thinking about since the last time you were here at this race, yep. right? It's like, okay, <laughs> for this sure. Is, yeah, it's like, this is my spot. This is like, where I'm going to hammer. No one else can do this as well as I can in this field. And then you, and then you're, and then you, you screw up your shoulder. <laughs> so how does it, does that change your descent or like how, how does it go? Definitely. I, uh, the, the shoulder, I don't like, I wasn't looking at my watch. It was actually relatively quick. I don't, I would say somewhere between like 60 and 90 seconds to get the thing back in or yeah. You're just walking. Yeah, so- you're just like walking and jiggling the thing. Yeah, Harley. I'm like pacing back and forth, crouching down, like trying to lean my my like elbow into my knee to like push it up. Uh, <laughs> are you then, are uh, you thinking your race is over? Are you like I might have no. to drop out? No, I'm like legend. It it didn't even cross my mind. I was like, it's gonna get, it's gonna go back in eventually, and I'm gonna run. I'm gonna like finish. Uh, so it went back in. I was able to descend still pretty pretty well. Like that first pop out hurt. Uh, but I still, you know, like with adrenaline and stuff, I still, it wasn't too painful to get a good arm swing in. So I was probably descending at like 96, 97% of my ability. And again, like keeping that accountability on my watch, like I've been training, doing like downhill, downhill running at 
probably like five to 10% incline. This was a little steeper, but, uh, but I had like general paces to go by. So I was able to descend at like five to five, 10 pace. So you kind and of knew like, that was right. like appropriate, right? You're like, okay, this is, this is what, this is like what my legs are used to. And I know how my legs are going to feel after this. And I, and I want, and I know that I'll be able to climb, like run the second climb with the, at this, at this effort. And then, so kind- I broke away enough from people that I was like, I'm going to, I'm kind of like running my own race here. I'm yeah. not battling anyone. I'm just like, let's just, let's take this really intelligently. So when then did Angel catch you? <laughs> so, uh, so this is still don't know what like the whole, the whole story is, but like I, I was descending, did the technical section, was blasting the technical section. I was like so stoked on it. Like, yes, my arm's in. There's the technical spot. Like <laughs> the excitement was very high. And uh and I, yeah, it was like another spot to kind of break away. So went went through that, got to the inverted wall, got over the inverted wall pretty all right. Uh and started and like looped around, started running downhill again. And then Angel literally comes out of a trail like in front of me. And I was like, uh, ain't help. Dude, that's the wrong, that's the wrong trail. I hate, you know, he doesn't speak great English apparently, but I was like, I was just pointing and I'm like, wrong. That's the wrong trail. Like, dude, get it, go back around. And, he, and then he just like turns around, runs back. And then, and I just keep running. And I, about three miles later going up the second climb, he started coming up behind me strong, like mm. strong. So there was, we were trying to figure out what was going on there. It's like he he did go back, and the word on the street is like he did go back and hit inverted wall. Uh, but dude, like if I was running five five tens, he had to be running like four twenty four thirties. Yeah, is that it. possible? And like, can people do I, that? I think so, dude. He, his running was really good, man. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He his running was was phenomenal. So I can't I can't say anything. You know, I can't say whether he went on the proper trail and went back all the way, or if he just went back to inverted wall or or what but uh but i'm i don't care right right like yeah because because honestly him getting in front of me ended up like pacing me like he, he surged on me put like 20 seconds on me and then we just held that gap for the next four miles so he kind of worked as a pacer there so i'm gonna appreciate him for for that and yeah so there's nothing that could have changed what you had done in the race right like, it's not a factor that you have any control over right so you can't worry about how it changed things but chances are he ran back up that that thing was like mm, i don't really know where i am just turned back around and came back down because it doesn't after he missed his <laughs> after he missed his spear i didn't see like what his sandbag carry was i didn't really see where he got away from anybody yet or like what that whole story is but like that would be a absurd effort to, to kind of incredible get... incredible comeback right but right but like i said i mean dude watching his running like both watching it in person and watching it on the uh, the footage like his running was really, really good. So maybe he did execute like a fantastic race, right? To get it to the top. I yeah, he probably, know, dropped, he probably dropped like a sub. <laughs> he probably dropped a sub sixteen five k on that scent. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm here from Mexico. I'm. I haven't raced in a while. I'm fucking getting this. Yeah. So maybe he was just like really just executed perfectly before and after the spear mm-hmm. to keep his energy in like an appropriate spot, I guess. Um, yeah. And so you get. So you got, he passed you up that second climb. How was that for you? How'd you feel on that? I felt, I felt decent. I had a little drop in energy, but then I, I put down uh, a shot of maple syrup, you know, kept my breathing in check and uh, just kind of like refocused. 
And yeah, I was able to run like pretty much almost like step for steps. Like, all right, I'm going to run everything except like the obvious 25, 30% slopes where everyone was power hiking. Mm-hmm. So, and, so I was pretty, I was pretty pleased with the sustained power. And how about that descent then? Is Angel right there? Are you like, does he pull Dude, away? You know, no, he's 20 seconds in front of me. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm checking my watch constantly. Like, like this spot, okay, it's 20 seconds from there. Up this spot, still 20 seconds. Like, beautiful, perfect. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull down, pull in on, like, we, I know we still have the descent. We still have like two miles of descending. We still have a sandbag carry. We still have a tire flip. Like, I'm really confident that I'm still in the uh, contention for third, being 20 seconds behind them. And I must ask, are you just like, yeah, my shoulder's good now? <laughs> like, no, oh no, I'm nervous, <laughs> dude. Okay. I, I, yeah, I know. I know that there's like, there's still, uh, the box, there's still the, what, what's the, there's like the table in front of the A-frame, like yeah. cargo like plus for, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's that, there's a wall to go over. There's, there's helix, there's Olympus, there's the rope climbs. I'm like, uh, I don't know, but just going to keep going, you know, until the wheels fall off by wheels. I mean, arms. Uh, <laughs> so, so like, fuck it, man. You know, you don't know until you get there. Yeah, and that, and then so you over spar over uh, stairway, and then the descent is the super steep descent. Dude, he was bombing. Short. I I couldn't catch, catch him. Really, I couldn't catch him. I I probably I probably shaved off five seconds on that descent. Okay. Uh, but but when we got to the bottom, like I worked so hard on the steep stuff to get down there that when things did level out, he did have better uh running legs at that point on the and, flat stuff. And that at the bottom of that, that really is a section for runners, runner, runners, you know? Like, yeah. It was, it was like a mile of flat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And coming off something that kind of rolls and just kind of, and it's pretty groomed. Like that's where probably the only place in this race where like a fast 5k would be an advantage for, for someone if they have any gas in the tank, which it seems like he did. Um, so at sandbag, is he still about 20 seconds or 15 seconds? He's, he's, he's about 20 seconds there actually. Yeah. Any, yeah, did you and gain then, anything? For sure. Uh, probably, probably chopped off another five there. But then, like, going over the box and through Helix, I almost fell off Helix. Like, I went to reach out with my left arm, and my shoulder gave me a hard no, so I had to, like, swing back and, like, <laughs> re- recalibrate. And, like, find it. And, like, I probably spent, like, 30 seconds on Helix trying to figure out how the hell to get across it without throwing my arm out again. That would have been embarrassing. That would have just been, like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. You should be able to get through that with one arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then then went over. Then you know, like we're running. I can see he definitely gained. He probably pulled. Was like back up to like a thirty-five, forty-second gap at that point because uh, I could see him going over a frame, like way in the distance, and he was like uh-huh. already getting off the the other side. And it's like a frame. I couldn't flip it, you know. So I right. just like walked walked over it, and then got to the got to the tire, and he was like going to flip it, and I saw him like go to go to flip it. I didn't know whether it was his first or second, but he like gave it a hard, a hard go. And then like walked away from it for a second. I was like, shit, son, <laughs> watch this. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like you were able to, to just flip it. Like it doesn't sound like things from below. Like even when you're talking about your running, like that sounds like that's okay. Like the overhead is really what's kind of pulling it out, but your hands yeah. below your hips are okay yeah my yeah keeping my elbow you'll see when you watch the uh the footage it's like i 
I just had to focus on keeping my, my elbow close to my side. Cause then I could like really flex my lat and like, mm-hmm. and yeah, like keep it tight in. It was having my arm, my, my shoulder literally, well, it's called abduction for a reason, right? Like mm-hmm. externally rotated, abducted. And, uh, but yeah, the tire flip, it was nice and tight to the side. So I was able to just kind of like use the good old posterior chain to, to do most of the work there. Did you grab the, um, did you grab the lugs? How'd you get it over? And was it easy? Did you do it like first time both, both ways? Yeah, it was easy. Uh, I let out a good grunt for good measure. Cause I was angry. I'm like, man, I'm gonna fucking get this. The, you uh, know, like my shoulder ain't gonna stop me. I'm taking this shit. So I, I went through and looked at the photos. Oh. I was like browsing through those and you looked angry. You looked yoked though. See them neck veins. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yoked. <laughs> yeah. I grabbed the tread. Uh, um, yeah, with, I didn't both, do like with the- one hand each. Yeah, like, one hand each. It was like, right. you know, like left hand on the low, low tread and then the right hand, like two treads to the right. I didn't do like the crossover thing. Okay. You didn't, you found, didn't feel like you had to. Yeah, I practiced the day before because I hadn't flipped one of those tires in forever, like literally two years. So I practiced and was like, oh, this is this is the way I'm going to do it. Okay. And then it just went over. No problem. And so you gained a lead. Did he not flip it or did he end up getting it? at some point he ended up he ended up getting it probably 20 seconds after that like okay. I, I flipped it ran over to olympus started to go across and like as i'm going across olympus i know i'm like shit this feels really bad i don't i don't and you're and i'm already hanging on it i'm like i don't i don't know how to switch my technique to like reduce the risk of this and then like three quarters of the way across it you know i reached out and it popped out and my body just dropped because i lost all ability to hold myself with it I was yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He turned and asked Hammond, like, can you help me? He's like, ah, I no. Can't, I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> He's like, can you put it back in yourself? So I'm like leaning into Olympus, trying to like get some, get some assistance like, from an object around me. <laughs> do you think if you would have led with your right arm, thought that would have helped at all? Thought about it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it very well could have, but I always, you know, like sometimes you get you, you kind of build these patterns and habits. Like, okay, Z wall. I want to. I always lead with my left. Okay. Like, yeah, like leading with my left always seems to be the dominant, the dominant move. So you just kind of build up speed in that one way. It would be good to practice the other way, but I mean, yeah, in this moment, you know, I just went with what I knew. Yeah, because like if you if you reach your left arm across your body and up. That might hold it. Might have. Maybe, but like, still pulling, gets behind you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to mess with it. I'm definitely going to mess with different stuff. It's like, yeah, what if I use the chains? Like, could I, because then I, uh, Mm. yeah, if I just like used more, more grips instead of trying to stick to the holes like like usual but it's tough, you know, like in, in that moment, it's like I can only spend so much time thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Like you can't make that type of decision in that moment. And like, you don't know, <laughs> you don't like, maybe my shoulder is okay. Maybe this is an okay position for it, but uh, that's such a, that's a, that's such a bummer. It was brutal, but you know, I was happy for anal. Uh, we had a good, we had a good battle back and forth and, uh, and yeah, I was, you know, I was super bummed. Uh, so I gave him a little fist bump and a little pat on the back and, and it was like, shit, well, I, uh, I can't get this thing in right now. And then I think it was, was it Mike? Yeah. I think one of the, one of the Spartan officials was like, well, I mean, do you want to go to medical? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. 
And After like, the race? No, like this is what at Olympus. Or during it. Okay. This is this is like 45 seconds after it popped out. And uh, you can't get I'm it like, back well, in. I, I can't get it back in. And I'm like, well, I can't like I can't do burpees with this. I'm not gonna be able to do the ropes. Like I guess my race is over. So I just kinda stood there with a sad face and looked around and was like, Well, I mean, I was happy to be here and I know <laughs> that like things were going well. And well, I guess that's just the curl of the burl. And uh, I went to walk off and took about 10 steps and, uh, and it popped back in <laughs> and, and I was like, uh, Mike, I, I think it's back in. I think I'm going to go do burpees. And he's like, well, all right, all right, dude, go. Yeah. yeah." Cause I wasn't like off the course. Uh, so I went and rolled out a bunch of burpees, got to like number in my head, like 25. And then some people are like, you only got 10 left. I'm like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I thought I was counting. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I don't care if I got to do 50 more. Like I'm finishing this race. I'm rolling them out. So rolled them out, just like knees, roll down to the chest, roll up on one arm, sit back on the, on the heels. Pressing was hurting at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah. So, but they were, you know, they were sparring to prove burpees. It was definitely chest to ground and then hands over head and, and feet off the ground. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, just rolled through those. And it, dude, I have no idea what's going on at this point. I'm just like cruising through these burpees. I, I figure I'm in like seventh or eighth by now. I'm like, man, maybe I'll be top 10. And then, <laughs> and then I get over to, uh, I start walking over towards the rope lab and they're like, yeah, and you're still in fourth. I'm like, what in the shit? Are you kidding me? Apparently there was carnage at the tire. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, I think Mark would have been the next one behind you. Mm-hmm. He, I think he came into it in fifth, and he spent too much time on it. Um. So yeah. So yeah. Like, it, like when I saw the results, it looked like Angel beat you by quite a bit, and I was like, oh man, I wonder what did happen because I, I mean, I didn't even think about like how much time it took you to put the, put your arm back in, and you were able to hoist okay. That was fine. Yeah, I one arm. I locked- like I, I kept my right arm locked on my side and used my left arm to like reach up and then, you know, just like J hook or S hook. I forget which one it's called, but yeah, it was all feet. I made my feet do all the work. Okay. So you just go up one, one side, wrap your arm around it. And then, uh, no, nah, how, how to explain? I like, hell. Oh, no, no, I meant, the, I meant, I was thinking her I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, we're, no, same with the her I like, uh, or not in J-Hook, her I, was, I, I thought you meant on your hand. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, that one I would like, I'd grab, like pull down with my left and then just hold the rope in place with my right. Or I'm mm. sorry, vice versa. Pull down my right and hold it in place with my, my mm. left. Because again, my, my arm's okay holding it like tight to my side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're strong enough that you could kind of, you could. so you weren't putting your feet up on the gate. You're just using your body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Truth. Sweet man. Well, that's that is epic. That is that is you know you belong in the in the book of lore. You're in it now. Just to finish, because I think a lot of people would have just been like at the top of that mountain, but like my race is over. Like I might be re- like really hurt. Not I you. almost cried, dude. I almost cried at Olympus. I'm like, I just want to finish. It's just, <laughs> I just want to finish. So the fact that I was able to do, uh, still get fourth. I mean, it was just a matter of you know, good luck on my end by and large. And, you know, worse luck on a lot of, a lot of other people's end. The, the, I maintain that position, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy with it. Just a testament to your fitness. Really? That's all it is. Dude, the running was phenomenal. I was like, so stoked on my ability to actually run. That was, 
that was the the coolest thing for me uh during that race and how like how much work you put into it you know it's just paying off you know i felt like it used to be a thing like oh man if only i could get faster and now it's like you're just up there with everybody no matter what and like this was a really cool test for it so i'm glad you're able to kind of get there i mean it's bummer they always hurt in your hands i've been saying it always hurt your hands and arms but i'm like i'm like a dumb monkey like not even <laughs> not even a good monkey with strong arms. Not the the rehab. I'm gonna be you know, it's 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 kind of it's humbling when these things happen. It's like you think you're doing really good work, and then something something says like, oh, you could be doing better. Yeah, I like suppose. when I hurt my shoulder with the dirt bike accident, I did a lot of work for my shoulder, and it felt super strong. Like it was in better condition than my right. Uh, but it you know the, that that lache showed that something was well, there was a weak link in there, so. I got that taken, taken a little look at. Yeah. So I guess, is that the plan then? Are you going to be just getting it looked at and just still training out that way? Are you coming back East? I'll st- I, no matter what, even if I can't race WTM, I'm for sure going to go crew it. Nice. Uh, Cause my boys, DJ Fox and Javier Escobar are going to be racing it. And they are, dude, those guys are in good shape right now. So like, yeah, I'm stoked to see them run that race. And based on the list that I've seen of people that are going to be there for like elite contenders, they're definitely, they're hundred percent podium contenders. Nice. So stoked to, to crew for them if I'm not racing, but right now the plan is to get my shoulder as capable as possible. Uh, I'll go back to Durango. I'll get a little PRP in there and uh, see if I can get it like able to bear my weight, you know, seven weeks or six weeks is still a decent amount of time. Uh, and like with tough mutter, there's, they do a lot of penalty loops. If you can't do stuff. Right. So it might, it might be possible for me to just like go crazy and, and run a bunch to make up for my arm, but we'll see how it goes. And you're not ruling it scenario, out. All right. I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. I think best case scenario is as I do compete, maybe my arm is really, really sore and still needs work, but I can always get like surgery after that and just, you know, heal that up over the winter it's the end of the season you know yep <laughs> you never want to do anything that's real stupid but if you're gonna prime time stupid stuff um well cool man again awesome race you know unfortunately how it turned out but all things considered still really freaking good still decent. really really good man decent i'm a little bummed i can't run uh big bear because you know there are going to be guys there that weren't at this North American championship. Cause yeah, it was a North American championship, but a lot of guys, you know, they yeah. were, they were elsewhere. So, totally. so I look forward to kind of continuing to build the fitness and go against all the boys. Yeah. You'll be out there for sure, man. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Richie boy. Thank you, man. All right. Annie Doobie. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> What's going on? How are you feeling? So you're still in, in Tahoe. You just posted up there. I am. <laughs> I am <laughs> never leaving. <laughs> How are you feeling a couple of days after the race? Feeling really good. It was, um, it was such a fun weekend. And like, even though my body's sore and my feet are beat up and stuff, I'm like, I'm just happy and excited about it all. And uh, yeah, feeling good. <laughs> it was an awesome race. Like, it was really exciting. Like, I was watching the the live feed, not the live feed, the Spartan coverage. And I'm, al- I'm almost glad that I knew what the outcome was. Cause it was like really exciting how that race was kind of playing out in the beginning. So like you, so Emma's just 
fast. <laughs> she's Emma's just like so fast. <laughs> she's really fast, and like it's clear, and like and she's like in control. Like even on that first climb, it's like in in Asheville, it was like she might be a little out of control here. Like how much faster she was going from from everybody else, mm-hmm. but this race it didn't really seem that way, and it was still just like she just kind of was was pulling away. So in that, were you? How willing were you to kind of get out of like what you thought your race plan was going to be with someone like that taking it out so hard? Did it affect you on that first climb at all? Uh, no, I was totally running my own race because um, Tahoe is long. I've done it a couple times now and I know things can go very wrong <laughs> um, and it's just not worth it to blow up that early. Um, that first climb. I actually like haven't gone and compared the data, but to me, um, it felt longer this year. Like I think Mm. the way that they sent us up, like I think we got to the bucket right around 40, maybe even a little over 40 minutes. Um, And I think that that was longer than in 2019. So yeah, no reason to blow up on that climb. It was like, it was concerning seeing because on that climb I could always see where Emma was like you can it's very exposed you can see like the switchbacks coming up and I could see she was like a couple switchbacks ahead of me like always and uh and felt like the gap was widening and so um I felt like an urgency for sure but Raya and I I'm really glad she was there because I think we were just working together to kind of get up at like a reasonable um pace instead of like completely blowing up right away because <laughs> you could tell you were definitely working and you were even able because you stretched it out on the entire field like there really wasn't much of a pack in this race at all even no. like you working with Rhea for i don't know a bit, a bit of that climb but even by the time you guys got to that bucket you you had kind of stretched away from her um, yeah. And then you working with Emma a little bit at the top, but yeah. for the most part, it just kind of stretched things out. So it seemed like even if it wasn't, if Emma wasn't there, like that was just kind of how things were going to play out. Um, and getting to that. So the first time you could really see her was the bucket. Right. And it was what, like she almost had a full minute on you at that point. Yeah, probably. She was coming out of the buck, like coming down as I, pick mine up so probably it's still a long way in that race when like that's pretty much at the top right and it's still a long time at the race when you're getting to something like that are you thinking about putting in work at any point yet are you like trying to catch up or you just like keep running this race see how everything kind of plays out uh no i wasn't trying to like make a move on that part i um knew that my strength in this race was probably going to be after the spear, like coming into that big gauntlet where, um, like I feel really confident, especially in a dry race like that on my obstacle game. So mm-hmm. that's where I was going to make up all the time. And, uh, I just wanted to hopefully like get through the spear and then, and then surge ahead. So, yeah, the bucket was more about, and actually all the climbs for the most part were about not blowing up my calves because mm. coming up that 40 minute um, climb, like you're you're already burning, like your legs are burning and um, I'm one to cramp early and often. So 
um just like being smart about how you're like attacking the the carries especially on the steep ones like the first bucket and the first um sandbag was kind of like critical it's interesting that's kind of how it played out like the way that you thought it would play out yeah it like exactly happened that way right (laughs) like she she missed her spear but somehow got out of there before you got to the spear and the way you hit your spear that was insane. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I think I saw I think they had a couple clips of it. Like they sort of saw it on the live feed, but there was uh or maybe you posted something. It was like an an aerial of it was I looked think like it was a Spartan drone. Shot. Posted something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it went in the side. Like I that couldn't was believe it. Crazy. I it was never like, bolted out of that spear like faster in my life <laughs> it is funny it's funny when you do hit the spear because there's like not overt celebration but it's like and then you're then you're off you're like got it i'm out <laughs> just uh, i was just that was, shocked like yeah. completely shocked and the spear was you had you had gotten some information before that it was gonna be long and it's at the top of the hill in 2019 that was definitely carnage a lot of people were missing that and it seems like a lot of people did miss this time through so was Almost it long everyone. and windy? What what was the deal? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't windy. I think people were just missing. Like it they're just uh, tired. <laughs> it it was probably definitely further than um, the previous couple of races. The spear throw has been almost like comically like close. Um, like especially in Asheville. I don't really remember West Virginia, but in Asheville it was like. Almost too close. Like I almost threw it over. <laughs> Stick it right in it. You're just yeah. you're just too good at this beer now. Everything just looks easy. You're just like eagle-eyed <laughs> and just. Um. So, no, it, yeah. but it didn't seem it didn't seem like anything. Kind of regular. I mean, yeah. I think in Tahoe it's notoriously a little bit further. It's usually windy, so maybe people were just in their heads about it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss. Like, I was kind of that way. So, I, I get it. And maybe people, yeah, you were kind of like that. You were like yeah. almost planning for it. You're like, well, probably miss a spear, which you hadn't <laughs> really been saying those things in the in the previous couple races. Um, but maybe people are just tired, <laughs> you know? Maybe it's, or it's, that it's a, and and there hasn't even at Utah, right, which was the other high alt- altitude um, race. It was at the base of the mountain. This, like, how high up would you think that that was, like? uh the top i mean almost the top like how high how, how like what's the oh, how many feet is that i don't know probably like oh definitely over eight thousand. Um, yeah yeah so so maybe it's like people aren't breathing and thinking well up there and just like losing yeah you're getting out. that like loopiness just because yeah. you've been climbing for so long then you go into a heavy carry then you go right. right from the heavy carry over bender which isn't like super exhausting but it is a lot of like upper body stuff right right after a long climb so both like your legs and your arms are kind of tired so I definitely was like shaking out my arms to try and because I get that like tingly numbness sometimes at altitude specifically mm-hmm. so uh it could be that as well yeah yeah so yeah because Rhea did miss hers right and then alex i think hit hers and then i didn't really see the rest of the field then it was so s- spread out that i don't i didn't really catch what happened in the rest of that race um mm-hmm. so then you end up gaining a ton of ground there and you are then side by side with her at 
a couple of the obstacles in this obstacle gauntlet of the map up here, um, which would the first thing that we probably saw was Twister. That's where, that's where we first, where you kind of completely closed everything, right? Mm -hmm. So when you see her at this point, is there, is there, what are you thinking? Like, are you excited? Is there urgency at this point? Or just like, all right, just do what I got to do. Like, how do you kind of approach this? Yeah, I'm excited. Like, um, I got to know Emma a little bit in the few days before the race. And like, I was, I was just excited to be with her. Cause she's, she's quite a character and like, she'll like talk to you while you're Seems like she's her. talking a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of fun. Um, and, and also just, I like, I love Tahoe. I love that mountain and that venue and especially that part at the top. Um, so to be up there and it's not like snowing and, hypothermic like I was just enjoying myself really and uh so yeah we worked together and um we would kind of leapfrog like I'd make up time on the obstacles and then she'd catch me on the run and then we'd kind of play back and forth so it, it was a lot of fun like probably the most fun I've had this year if not like in all of Spartan racing <laughs> and that's that I mean that says I mean that's why you're here right you're, they're fun yeah. <laughs> that's why you're yeah. going up yeah. that's got to be a good feeling too to be at such an intense point of this this big weighty race right like mm -hmm. it's the North American championships in a year where you have ascended in terms of like your results it's a course where uh, you have some unfinished business because of a DNF in 2019 and it's <laughs> like you're you're fighting to be in front you're like oh this is fun <laughs> yeah, <it was> fun. <laughs> that's pretty awesome that's that's, that's gotta be a really cool feeling to kind of ha to have that um and that was exactly what you, like it seemed like you were just able to make up a good amount of time on each obstacle and emma wasn't she seems like she's act, like she's actually a pretty good athlete like she has a little bit of bo more body awareness oh, yeah. than i that i thought she she was going to um because sometimes you know, sometimes people just get on there and they can't figure out how to get to where they're going, but she could kind of do that. She could kind of like figure it out a little bit on the fly, even though it's only like her second or third race or something. Yeah. She reminds me of myself actually a lot. Like I think she's figured out the obstacles faster than anyone has ever like done it. Cause like to see how she started in Asheville failing, I don't know, like six obstacles. Yeah. Um, Granted, it was it was a much tougher, like wetter race. Um, but even then in Red Deer, like, I think she ran clean. Maybe she missed. Not sure. I don't know. She might have missed like the spear or something. Uh, like to go from missing everything to then like running clean in one race is insane. Uh, at least on the women's side, like you don't really see that very often. Um, so that, that was that, really impressive. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if it, if there was going to be a race where, and like, this isn't meant to take anything away from her, obviously, like we talked about, she's good athlete, incredibly yeah. fast, really mad. Like if there was a race where someone isn't going to be obstacle proficient, like this specific one this year with no water, like this was probably going to be yeah. the one that's going to be the easiest to kind of not fail things because it wasn't world championship. So they didn't have some of the, like the twisty twister monkey twister or whatever. Yeah, ape they, hanger. Ape yeah. hanger. They wouldn't, they didn't bring out any new stuff. It wasn't a double sandbag carry, which is like really hard to prepare for. And like, it's different in the day that you're doing it. Um, and it's incredibly taxing. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, 
this and it, since it's so dry, it does make the obstacles a little bit easier. But she oh, did 100%. a great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did a good yeah. job getting getting through them and and hanging on in these areas and like being able to like lock out her arms and just like push through. So like yeah, she was she was pretty pretty impressive from that front. Um, yeah. And then you're getting to so there was definitely this back and forth, and it was almost like she would pull away instantly. Were you able? Were you pulling her back when you were starting the obstacles? And was there any? Were you changing how you were going through the obstacles because of this race, or was it? Or were you just doing your thing? Uh, I was definitely being aggressive. Like I was. Well, I don't know. I feel like I almost would have been even more aggressive had I not like recently had like a stupid slip up. Like, like I would have been skipping bars on like beater and stuff um mm-hmm. like i felt mm-hmm. super super good on everything and um but i was still like that still was in the back of my mind like how awful would that be if i just like made a stupid mistake but i was mo- i was cruising like i was not wasting time um in and out of obstacles like emma was probably taking twice as long on like any like hanging obstacle and she would even like look over and like see what I was doing and then try and like figure it out on the fly which is also crazy yeah um (laughs) but but yeah I was making up all the time on that and then like just just trying to stay on her heels as much as I could on the runs because she's just an animal <laughs> yeah like and the way that she was running how fast she was running in between us and still kind of early mm-hmm. you know it did seem like you were kind of trying to stay within yourself and your fitness ability not to try to overstretch at that point yeah. um because there are some obstacles left i mean getting through the majority of the failable ones was probably a vote of confidence for her and then sandbag you did a great job going down with the sandbag and then she kind of hammered the way up huh yeah, she's, she, I swear, she's like the fastest carry, like heavy carrier. I'm actually glad there was no double because I think she would have made up so much ground on me if it had been a double. Huh. Like, I mean, I think that's just the nature of what she does every day. Like, she's a firefighter. She's like carrying stuff and working in these heavy suits. And like, that's like her job is her training. So, um that's another thing to like she's just cut out for the sport she's pretty <laughs> she, amazing she kind of has the tools she's yeah. gonna be yeah yeah so it's a totally. matter of time um and then did you like on the descent like it wasn't a like it wasn't a huge gap right it was probably maybe two or three seconds and then you were straight down that hill right the the big descent and the big descent <laughs> When we were looking at it, was it what, what you thought it was going to be? Was it pretty much just flipped from the year before? Was it mostly that fire row? Because I didn't catch no, much. it wasn't. It was um, both the way up and the way down weren't really what I was expecting. The way up was, it was like a combo of both, I think. Like huh. the way down, it started off on the, on the single track, like super rocky, those like big chunky rocks where you're like um, – you know, kind of like t- tiptoeing because it's like that, uh, that like granite. And then you come, I don't know, you're, you're on that for a while, which I think is the same as it was in 2019, how it mm-hmm. started on that part. And then you come out of that and then you're on the wood chips, which is how we started the climb in 2019. 
So it was uh -huh. like a mixture of the two, um, which like once, yeah, once the climb, I, I felt like pretty good actually on the technical stuff. But then once the climb became that like bombing, just no more switchbacks, just like straight down. Um, that's when like my foot started bothering me and uh, so did my ankle. And so it was huh. like, it was tough. Cause I was like, I know I have this other, this other mountain coming up. And like, if I completely blow out my ankle, it's like game over. Um, and so I was like babying it a little bit, but then again, it's like, it's hard to do that when you're like going down. It's really steep. Yeah, yeah. It's still really steep. So you're like, yeah, it's like half letting it go and like half trying to be sort of like safe. So yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Logan earlier and he, he had tweaked his ankle at the OCR world championships in the middle and the descent, that was the same thing. It felt like his ankle couldn't go. And I had, that's, I had the thought too, like that's always my limiter is like pain going down mm -hmm. a hill so when that starts to flare up it's just like it's hard to avoid because it's like literally every every step yeah. yeah um what was up with the ankle the ankle's just been kind of weak like it's uh it's now been like a couple months since i like tweaked it and then kind of just been re-rolling it every so often and um so yeah it's the same kind of thing it's just been yeah lingering. every day it feels like like when I wake up, it's super stiff. And then when I'm on trail, it like, it just doesn't feel that stable. Um, so I've been like trying to strengthen it, but keep racing on it. It's like, <laughs> I take like two steps forward, one step back. So. Yeah. And it's just yeah. kind of like where you are in the, in, in the season. It's just like, this is what we got. And everybody's yeah. kind of in that same boat, you know, like, you know, thankfully you're healthy going into the season. Cause I don't think yeah. you can get healthier. No, throughout. it is just managing like one thing after the next. Mm -hmm. Were there any obstacles at the bottom? No, we didn't go to the bottom, which like oh. I didn't realize until we were racing. It was actually kind of crazy. We like, um, so they're doing all this huh. construction in Tahoe or in um, Palisades. And so they're building like a new gondola to connect um, like what used to be Squaw to Alpine Meadows, um, they're merging the two. So huh. we couldn't go, they wouldn't let us go down to like the bottom, the base. Um, so basically we like took this like easy single track that like kind of skirted uh, where, where the chairlift is. Um, and so it like flattened out for a second and then we started climbing again. With, oh no. With no <laughs> there was like, there was I think eight foot wall was like the last thing coming down that was still on the downhill and then there was nothing we just went back up so yeah <laughs> so you didn't was, even get to see did the spectators see you no did you see like the crap really i mean there were people who had like climbed up um so there were a few spectators like because they could see us but um but not like usual like we didn't run through the village right yeah right because usually that's a bit of a reprieve right you get to the bottom and it's like four obstacles or something it's flat mm -hmm. for a little bit and you know you get you get the crowd then you kind of loop back up and, and start that climb so was it the full climb or did the climb get cut off too or was it the full thing it was the full climb at least from what i could tell yeah yeah. It felt it felt long, actually, like longer than what I remembered. <laughs> yeah, the, like you look at it on this on that map, and it looks like it's small, but it is not. 
it's not and it's, it's not. super steep like mm-hmm. i felt like i was not moving it was so steep um how long did that descent take you the first one i have no idea <laughs> did it, it felt long though uh no it actually didn't feel long it um it's all kind of a blur actually but like it felt the same as every other year um, yeah that's a bummer that that your foot was hurting there because that's a really fun part of the course it's like yeah. you don't feel really terrible then you know and it's just like really fun running yeah. down that down those ways I, I don't think i've ever done that descent and felt good so i've like, enjoyed it <laughs> maybe someday <laughs> maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> so headed back up how was that what, were, what was your energy feeling like because that's about mile nine is what you start the second ascent it yeah. looks like my, um, yeah yeah how you feeling well i was i was kind of surprised like going into that part i i didn't quite realize that that's how the course went so um it threw me off a little bit i was like i actually saw um mark Batras coming down the trail um and for a second i thought maybe i was off like maybe I had accidentally missed a turn or something because I was like, Oh no, the elite men are coming down. Am I going the wrong way? But he had actually dropped. Um, yeah, yeah, he was like cramping. And, um, so I was just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. This is where we go up. And, um, it just, I, I kind of just went back into that, like put your head down and grind it kind of mode. Um, was feeling okay. My foot, that's when like the pain was settling in and, that that was like the biggest thing coming up that climb was just like as it got steeper and steeper um like whatever was going on with my toe was like getting worse and worse because of the grade like putting all the pressure on it um did not feel good so I was like kind of limping kind of like avoiding um like I don't know it definitely like screwed up my gait for sure um so that was tough but did you feel like you were racing still yeah, I could see Emma. Um, like when it's that steep of a grade, it actually doesn't seem like she's that far. Like it's <laughs> right. like, oh, she's like so close, but then you realize how slow you're going, and like even like a hundred meters is like minutes because <laughs> mm-hmm. like that's how slow you're going. So, um, but it was it was cool that I could like feel. I felt motivated to keep moving because she was in sight still, and I knew that at the top was a stairway and like I knew there was a very good chance that I would get that pretty easily um and like there was also a chance that she might not you miss it yeah so like I had that on my mind as well yeah Yeah. and then she did miss it once did you talk to anybody about that what that penalty loop was like did anybody miss it yeah uh a few people missed it they said it was it was a long penalty loop. it was long okay yeah. that's that's good to know because it yeah as you talked about before, like it should be like it should be yeah. a penalty for sure um, especially at that point in the race when like people are cramping it. like trying yeah. to get up that and yeah so she got she got over it okay she missed once and then mm-hmm. figured it out and that was when i really was like oh like she she can, she's an athlete. She can, she can do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. game over for the rest of us. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I was like, Oh boy. Um, and, and she, her descent was pretty good. Did you, so she, could you still see her on that first descent? Did you know she was going to be so fast going down? Oh, I knew she would be fast going down, but no, I actually lost sight of her 
like right before we got to stairway there was one like kind of sharp uh turn and so i didn't see her get over the obstacle so i didn't know oh. if she was on the penalty loop or if she had just gone through um so then i was kind of back in my own race just like okay no matter what i gotta get through this and then like push the descent and as soon as we started descending um it started off really steep and really like gravelly um that like fire road kind of slick like how you're you feel like totally out of control um and again i was just like in so much pain like that was probably the low point of the race for me it was just like that beginning of the descent um like every every step hurt <laughs> um but then i kind of like got in the groove and we hit the switchbacks and then like and then i was I, I felt like I was actually being pretty aggressive on that descent. Um, probably like closing the gap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's interesting about OCR sometimes where you kind of, you, sometimes you don't know what place you're in because you could have very well been winning, you know, like, and it's like, well, if yeah. I'm winning here, I gotta, I gotta kind of hammer. But, um, and then at the base, there was still some, was there one failable obstacle and was the sandbag carry? It's like sort of long, not crazy steep, not really technical, right? Um, yeah, I was anticipating it to be much, much worse because we had gone to this dinner on Friday night where uh, Mike Morris like gave a speech and he said that it was 0.8 miles, the second sandbag carry, like almost a mile. And I was Away. like, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't believe that quite, but I was like, okay, it's got to be really long if he's saying that. So, um, so that's what I thought I was in for. Um, and so it was, I actually wish that I hadn't been thinking that way because as I was coming up, I saw Emma on the way down, but I didn't know how far away the turn was. Oh. Um, so I was huh. like, oh man, she is so far ahead of me. Cause I thought like, Oh, I so still it's got a mile another, long like, carry, right? Yeah, another half a mile of up before I turn around. But then it was it wasn't too long at all. It was like a minute later I turned. So she really wasn't that far ahead. I just didn't realize. I think that the sandbag carry for the ultra loop was supposed to be really long. Oh, maybe. <laughs> that might have been what he's talking about. But you know, Spartan does I mean, he might not he just might not know because yeah. that's seems to be how it rolls but there's like a, it seems like someone with spartan even like you know steve hammond be like it's gonna be epic it's like yeah <laughs> they just have to talk this way we know it's gonna be the greatest craziest thing that's ever happened right. even though like this race has been crazier in years past but like this is still gonna be crazy we know we get it yeah. um so yeah it really wasn't that long and you weren't that far behind her no right it when wasn't you into the final gauntlet, what was down there it was um, the box, the box um, pipe, pipe layer, pipe layer, um, uh, helix. helix. Are you? Can you see her going through them? Um, I think so. On certain parts, I could, but she was always an obstacle ahead of me. It was like I'd be getting over the box, and she'd be like getting done with helix, kind of thing, or pipe layer, or whatever it was. So. It's hard. I don't know. It's really tough when you're in that, like, I don't know. I find it really hard mentally when, like, you can see someone getting through an obstacle, like, ahead of you. Um, like, it's one thing to be, like, someone's ending their the obstacle when you're starting it. But if, like, 
Like that can be such a, like, it's hard to tell how many seconds that is. Like if someone's actually on the next obstacle. So I yeah. did, I knew that Olympus was coming up and that was like, probably, probably like my only chance. Like if, if she either really, really struggled on it or maybe even failed, like that was, that was my chance. Um, so I did have that in my mind, but I knew how strong she had been looking until that point. And I was like, she's, she's probably got it at this point. <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah. that's a, that is something about these races is that there is the, like the chance that someone else screws up and it helps you. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what a lot of these races are really. Yeah. And I was going to ask if that was something like, okay, Olympus is there. That's the last thing. Olympus is there. Like, and that's yeah. a pretty tough, like finale obstacle um, yes. that they could have, especially this year. And in the women's race in particular, they've been, I mean, she definitely missed it in Asheville. And like, I think, yeah, only two of the top 10 didn't miss it there. Much more difficult day. Um, but it's still there, right? It's still a failable obstacle, no matter where you, where it is, no matter who you are. Um, so yeah, I probably been thinking that same thing. Like, because oh, yeah. <laughs> the tire, the tire doesn't do anything for the, no the, you know, race, no. you know? Um, so she got through it. Um, did you see her yeah. get through it? Was it disheartening? I saw, so I actually like, <laughs> yeah, I saw her. I like stopped for a second as I was slipping my tire just to like glance over and see, did I want to get the, and she was like, she hit her bell like right as I had flipped the tire. Um, uh, so I was like, I, I think that's then, but like, yeah. it's so hard to be like, I don't know. I was like happy for her. It was like good for her. Like that's, I mean, to get through this race, even like, I know it was, you know, dry and warm and like, it's much easier to like run a clean race in those conditions, but like still to just go from seeing what had happened in Asheville to like seeing uh, like firsthand what, how she went through the obstacles on Saturday. It was like, you can't be mad. It's like, she, she deserved it. It was like crazy. Yeah. She, re she really like, I think you said it like, oh, I would be interesting to see what Lindsay, what would happen if Lindsay was at this race, right? Like, yes, I that, that would have been, been really, really cool. interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, she would have definitely been in the mix. Like, it wouldn't have been, and to see how the how the two styles, like, uh, I would have loved to have Lindsay there because I think like, I think it would have been an opportunity for maybe her and I to like work together more, um, mm -hmm. which would have been cool. I think Lindsay definitely has a stronger like downhill game than I do. But uh, I think we would have been working together probably on the climbs and then through mm -hmm. the like gauntlet part. So yeah, it would have been fun. It's like such a bummer, but I know, I know yeah. it is. And like, yeah, if like you, you can say all the what ifs, like Rose would have been there and been in the mix for a little bit too. It would have been like a fun little pack potentially. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. And, but you got through Olympus pretty well. And was it like Emma was, she was using the rock holds. I was surprised that she was able to do to do that. Um, and like, she, she didn't look great going through it. <laughs> she, she did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she, she did it. It's she like, like put imagine. her glove on halfway through. I was like, what are you doing? Dry. <laughs> it's like, I'm just trying. Anything Why can help. Why you put your glove on right now? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, and like, you got through pretty, was it pretty? I mean, it was, was it the easiest Olympus you've had? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I like 
got halfway through Olympus and then realized, oh, I can use my feet. And like, cause that was the first time this year where it wasn't so slippery. Um, but like, I actually could use my feet, but it was like, I had already gone through half of it until I realized that. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I did see some people using their feet and that's just been off of, out of the question at these past races, just because it's, yeah. it's too slick or it's humid or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so yeah, how did you, you feel about the finish? Uh, it was a very typical Spartan finish. Um, it was fine. It was like a lot of obstacles just smushed together at the end. Um, yeah. And like, I always love running through the village, which I think makes this venue so special. Like, so I got, I was glad that we got a little bit of that, even though we didn't get it mid race, which would have been awesome. Like, it's always fun at the end to get all the people cheering um, mm-hmm. and stuff. But I wish, yeah, I wish there was more like more running, more of like a, an Asheville where you like, you get that like sprint to the end instead of just, uh, doing the hoist and then like you just round the corner and you're right there. Um, right. Right. But. Yeah. And I know going, going into this race, like, and just the way you kind of go about in general, like it's the, the result isn't necessarily what you're racing for. Right. But, yeah. um, it's like, you know, you put it out there and whatever happens, happens And this year. You just happen to like really ascend, like you said, and just you, the way you race, you're putting yourself in, in a place to do as well as possible. But like finishing second in a race like this, did you feel like you had any expectations to win this race? Were you feeling um, like how did you feel afterward about oh. the actual finish? Um, yeah, I mean, going into it, I think I definitely had like like I went into win. Like that's I mean, I'm not gonna like say that that wasn't my goal. Um, and I think a lot of people were hoping that for me too. Um, just cause like, I, f- I feel like I have been like on the cusp of like maybe being on the top of a podium a few times this year. Um, and like, this may have been like my one chance, <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, like I was full smiles, like all the whole rest of that day. I was like, I ran the race. I think I ran the smartest race probably I ever have, like, um, I really didn't, I ran my own race in the beginning, like, I think in, in years past, I've been tempted to, like, stick with the leaders, like, right out the gate, um, knowing that, like, maybe that was outside of my (laughs) capabilities, um, so I didn't do that, and then I, like, really was on my, like, fueling game, um, better than I ever had before, which, uh, is, critical and like for me in like one of these longer mountain races um and I think it it also like helped in terms of like I didn't I was cramping a little bit but like it didn't affect my race in any way um and I think everyone was cramping a little bit up that second climb uh but like I don't know I was so in control and like I was enjoying it and I was pushing myself hard like being a little bit reckless on the descents, which like in years past I wouldn't have done. So I don't know. I can't, I can't like say that I'm upset with not winning. Like I think I ran the race that I wanted to, and then that was the outcome. So, 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I could tell that from the way it played out and just like talking to you in the way that you're, you're kind of approaching it, is that like, it didn't seem like there was anything you could have done. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you look back, like, is there a spot where you're like, Oh, maybe this, maybe that, like, cause it like, it's kind of hard to even s- to figure out where that could be. Right. Cause you did run a pretty good race. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only thing I like, I mean, I definitely lost some time, like just not being as aggressive as, as I wanted to be on like the steep, steep descents. Like I was, I was very aggressive on like the runnable, like uh, switchbacks and stuff. But like when it got to those really steep ones, my body was just like, wasn't really letting me do what I wanted to. So right. you could say that, but like, that was, even that wasn't really in my control. It right. was like, it was just what, what I could do that day. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just almost night and day, like after West Virginia, where you're like, yeah, my effort wasn't really what I wanted it to yeah. be. Like, <laughs> the, the result was the result, but like my effort wasn't there. And this one almost seems completely the opposite where it's just like, did everything I could. It was just, it was just Emma's day. It was Emma's day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you got next? Um, well, I'm racing, knock on wood, let my foot holds up, but, uh, broken arrow this weekend, just, just kind of for fun. Like the, um, figured out 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 here and like, I love that mountain and, um, I've seen like videos of it in years past and it's not going to be quite the same this year because there's no snow field, which is like, uh, like a big, like iconic part of that race. So they're actually like cutting a few parts of the course out, but either way, grateful to go and like experience that. Um, and then big bear. And then big bear. Yeah. Sweet. And, um, yeah. And it's, this is a sky race, right? Yeah. So is a sky race. There's some qualifications, right? Does it have to average a certain pitch or be above a certain altitude to qualify uh, yes. as a, there's something behind that, right? Like it's, so it's really steep and really high up in the air. Yep. Yeah. So that'd be cool. And then big bear, any word on Abu Dhabi? Yeah, I think that's the plan. Abu Dhabi. Sweet. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fun. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. And we'll make sure we'll, we'll keep people posted on how things are going, but amazing race really. Like I said, there's Thank you. Time, so everything. It, was, it was really, really fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. All right, cool. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Rich. Logan, hello. Hello, Rich. How you doing? Good, man. So I must say, last night, or it must have been early this morning, I had a dream that I like triple booked this time for this podcast. And in my dream, I was furiously mad. I was so upset that I missed, that I screwed this up. It was actually like a nightmare. It was it was bad. Okay, first... I'm glad to hear you're dreaming about me. That's that's nice to know. You're you're in my nightmares, Logan. <laughs> Sounds a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a little more. Yeah, that's a little more common, I guess. Um, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. We can we can do this anytime. You well, know. We, yeah, absolutely. We definitely can. And what we're doing right now, so I'm excited to 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 get into chatting with you. So you're coming off third place finish at 
OCR World Championships 15K. Congrats. I didn't really get a chance to talk Thank to you, so I, I'm looking Thank forward to, to hearing about it. But first, like the story behind you getting there was that there is this like massive amount of travel, you know, watching like the yeah. YouTube live stream and everything. People like knew you made some some interesting posts and you were down in the, the Maldives. Maldives? Yeah, yeah, it was in the Maldives. Maldives the in um yeah, in the middle of the Indian Ocean, uh, out in the middle of nowhere. It's about the place you can get from Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, <laughs> that's where I was for the week before, <laughs> before the OCR Worlds. It is, I had no idea. Like, I, I'm, look, I'm actually looking at it on Google Maps right now. And I was like, I had, you, I could have had 20 guesses to where this place was. I've heard of the Maldives, but I've never, you know, never looked into it. But yeah. this must be, I can't, it's, it's so small. And it is <laughs> really far from any of mainland. So I'd imagine it's like, hard to get to once you're there it's probably hard to like do stuff that's <laughs> not just like right up like like is everything must be like expensive like i can't imagine how i get stuff to this island what's the travel like to get there all right so to get there so um so no direct flights obviously i had to fly through chicago i had to fly from cleveland to chicago chicago to doha in Qatar. Uh, which is in the Middle East, uh, actually not too far from Abu Dhabi and uh, the UAE. Um, and I uh, had a long, you always have a long layover in Doha for some reason uh, when you're traveling across. So I had about an eight-hour layover in Doha, and then I had another flight to Malay, which is the capital of the Maldives. But the Maldives consist of 1,200, almost 1,200 islands. 1,200? And are they like a mile yeah. long? Like are they super tiny? Yeah, they're tiny. They're tiny. So – uh, yeah, I mean the resort that I stayed at, uh, where they, where they sent me and they, they, they put me up, uh, literally I would do, uh, I was trying to run out there and I would do a full lap around the Island, including these long boardwalks with these ocean villas that are like really beautiful. You'll see them in ads, you know, all the time. Uh, so I do that full lap all the way around the Island and around those villas and everything. And it's 1.4 miles. <laughs> really the resort is the entire Island, right? And uh, so I had to do many, many, many laps, right, in order to get get in what I needed to get in. Luckily, they did have a treadmill on the island, so I was able to run, you know, on that for a little bit. But uh, but yeah, it was a taper week, so you know, it it didn't matter that much. I was I was doing my thing. Be less than ideal to prepare fully for an obstacle course race, but the taper it seems actually pretty nice yeah, yeah so yeah. you were there the week leading into it when did mm -hmm. you leave there oh my gosh i left there on <laughs> uh thursday it would have been thursday around noon on thursday in the maldives in the maldives which is, which is 10 hour it was a 10 hour difference from you were 10 hours ahead the east coast time yes i was 10 hours ahead correct so that would have been you said thursday at noonish. Yeah, so like so real early been, Thursday yeah. morning or something. Yeah, it would have been like midnight Wednesday at midnight, or you know, well Thursday morning at midnight. And is that the same or, travel back yeah, then? It's, yeah, it's, so then you went. Yeah, so then I had to take three flights just to get to Malay. Well, I had to take a speedboat to an airport <laughs> that has no lights, only has two flights a day. I had to take a puddle. I had to take two or three puddle jumpers to get to Malay, which is the capital of the Maldives. So we. Popped over to other islands and picked people up along the way. <laughs> Finally got to Malay, hung out at that airport, uh, tried to find something with carbohydrates to eat. Uh, found some, like, some pad thai real quick. Um, 
And then I had an eight hour flight from Malay to Doha. Uh, so did that. Uh, then I had a 10 hour layover in Doha uh, in Qatar, which is overnight. Um, mm-hmm. Did I you get to sleep? I, did you did you sleep in the hotel or, or in a hotel, I, or did you still sleep in the airport? I tried to I tried to sleep in the in the airport. Uh, I was able to get into like a, one of their lounges or whatever, and uh, you know tried to sleep a little bit. Uh, girlfriend wanted to shop a little bit, so we went to like some of the fancy stores. They're open like twenty four hours. Um, you know all those high end stores that you know we don't actually spend any money at. <laughs> Just <laughs> looking. Uh, and then. Um, yeah. And then I was trying to get back on our schedule to some extent, right? Back to the East Coast schedule, which, you know, in, in retrospect, maybe, you know, maybe it just makes more sense to stay on the MLA schedule and uh, and go with that. But um, but anyway, slept, tried to sleep a couple hours in the, in the lounge on an uncomfortable chair uh, and then hopped on a flight that was like a 13 hour, maybe 14 hour flight to Boston. Um Got into Boston uh, in the afternoon, kind of mid to late afternoon. I uh, got picked up by my girlfriend's sister, who drove us over to her place to pick up her brother's car that we borrowed. Uh, then I drove through uh, Boston traffic, uh, through rush hour traffic to try to get up to Vermont. Uh, so I didn't get into Vermont until, I don't know, 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock. Uh, On before, Friday. Yeah, before the, the evening before the race. Yeah. So you left like Thursday like two, early, early morning, two a.m. our time, yeah, and got in Friday night, right? Okay, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> so so that's 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 quite a lot. A, yeah, it was it was a bit. It was quite a bit. It was quite a bit. But we made it. You know, no big deal. And lining up for this race, then this was certainly one that is up your alley. Like just big climbs, some nasty terrain challenging obstacles so going in you were definitely a name that people were were talking about looking at like that could really challenge here and and uh you're you you beat vj jones at indian mud run which is probably the most comparable race that there is to ocr world championship so right there it's like okay well logan's really going to be someone to to contend at this and and watching the race early it looked like you wanted to establish yourself from from the start and i was thinking that was something you did in in West Virginia, you went out hard and, and Atkins was like, Hey man, you should probably go a little bit hard easier and go harder right. later. So when you go out hard at OCRWC, were you just like telling him to shove off? Was that it? Was Not like, at I'm going to put, I'm no, going to put no, it right no, in. No. Atkins I had him in the back. I had, I always have Atkins in the back of my head. Gotta uh, yeah. speaking to me. Um, it's kind of weird, but yeah, uh, no, I, I went out and I just, you know, it's weird because, um, my body, and my mind were kind of like, you know, in uh, doing opposite things because uh, I felt good. Like I didn't feel like I was really pushing super hard. Um, but again, you know, kind of like they said during the broadcast, like you could be burning matches that you don't, you don't realize you're burning. Right. Because you do feel so good at the beginning. You got the mm-hmm. adrenaline going. Um, but my goal wasn't to go out super hard and I didn't feel that I went out super hard. My goal was to, um, uh, to basically set the pace right for, you know, for the race and have other people, you know, have to, you know, have to hang with me if they wanted to, you know, to finish, uh, finish up toward the front. And so um, it looked like I put, you know, a significant gap on, on folks during the first couple climbs. Uh, but again, VJ was with me. VJ went ahead of me, right. right pretty early there uh, in the race after I had set the initial pace. 
Um, and then, you know, and then I kind of settled in, right. I, I settled into where I wanted to be. And, um, uh, I thought that if I, you know, if I can get up the, the big climb, right. Which would be essentially the third major, you know, the third big climb of the day, which is a long, long climb all the way to the top of Stratton mountain. Um, I felt good about my ability to descend and the ability to, you know, to hold the lead, uh, at that point. And so that was kind of the goal. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I wrenched my ankle. I twisted my, uh, sprained my ankle really on the second descent. Um, and it kept me from being able to descend and from being able to attack the obstacles the way I wanted to in the second half of the race. Mm. Um, so that was a little bit of a factor. I'm not sure it would have made the difference, but, um, uh, but it's something that, uh, that I, I didn't anticipate happening. It's one of those things that, that will happen in an obstacle course race, right? It's like, especially like a turned ankle thing and there's not much you can do. Like you have to keep going and there's right. it's such a gritty, grimy type of race that even with something like that, you can still hang around. Like if it's like a road race or something and you turn your ankle, you got to step off. Like you're not right, right, right. Yeah. But, but in a race like this where it's the terrain is going to be kind of rough. I mean, it can't feel good. But I'm sure it feels felt worse after than it was even like during. Exactly. Finish, so. like, there's always that initial like ouch that really hurt. And maybe I should probably stop if I don't want to, you know, to do more damage. But you're at the OCR World Championships. You're not gonna stop, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go until I, you know, I'm hobbling on one leg trying to jump up Stratton Mountain. And so I, I, I keep going. And sometimes when you do keep going, right, the endorphins are flowing, like you're still moving, you know, the, uh, you know, moving everything and, uh, uh, and, and it doesn't hurt as much. So starting the climb, so it hurt me really bad initially. And I was kind of worried it slowed me down a little bit on, on the second half of that second descent. Uh, but then climbing back up, right, doing the power marching and stuff, it started to subside, didn't mm -hmm. feel it as much. I didn't feel it again until I was descending again on the long descent on the backside of Stratton. And 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 that's where, you know, that's where it hurt. Yeah, I, I, I definitely felt it. But um, at that point, you're late enough in the race, you're going to push through and, um, you know, deal with it afterwards. And so coming up that, so yeah, so you, so you get out and you establish yourselves like, okay, this is like, this is what the competition is going to have to do right. to do well in this race. Like you're going to have to at least run this fast for some part of it. And VJ goes right. VJ is nice. like, he's like, okay, it's a, he, he kind of drew him out more or yep. less. It seemed yep. like, and that from that strategy, it kind of worked. Cause then on that backside coming up, he may have spent it all after, after a hard three K effort the day before. So at this point you're in, in the lead going up that big climb and are you thinking about VJ at this point? Or are you, are you like, wow, I kind of passed him. Cause when he, he is usually pretty assertive. And when he takes the lead in races, he doesn't necessarily give it back. It's rare right. that he right. will. I like, I don't know if I've ever even seen that from him. Right. So are you, when you're going up that climb and you're where you want to be, you're the first one up there and it's kind of like set to plan, even with the bum ankle, even with the mm -hmm. ridiculous two, <laughs> two days of travel right where are you at mentally are you like okay cool this is where i want to be or are you like or, uh like let's just let's just see how this goes yeah yeah no mentally i'm where i'm mentally i'm where i want to be i feel um you know i feel pretty good i i think what happened and i didn't talk to vj about this because um you know he and i had raced it uh at indian mud run right you know, and it was very technical, right? A lot of really tough obstacles and that sort of thing. I don't know if because I pushed so hard, he wanted to 
felt like he needed to stay with me or get ahead of me at that point. Um, and that ended up burning some matches that, you know, hurt him on the longer climb on the second mm-hmm. half. Or if, um, you know, or if it was his plan to go ahead and, you know, take the lead and keep it for the, for the whole rest of the race. Um, but uh, I don't think other people saw me up there and worried as much about having to be on my tail or be ahead of me at that point in the race. So, um, you know, like Ryan Kempson, Ian Hosick, those yeah, guys, yeah. I think they had their own plan and they were, they were going to run it uh, no matter what. So, um, so once I got, so once we started this long, long climb, right. Um, this is around mile seven, uh, actually six and a half or so is when we start the long climb. Uh, I pass VJ. Uh, he's ahead of me all the way through halfway up the mountain through, uh, a couple of the, uh, a couple of the obstacles, uh, including the low rig. Um, and then I, you know, I'm, I'm power, we're power marching, then we're jogging, then we're power marching, then we're jogging. And the whole time I'm thinking the race is in front of me, right? I have to catch VJ. I have to get ahead of VJ mm-hmm. in order to be able to win this race. Not really recognizing that the guys behind me were also pretty aggressively, right? Climbing this mountain and, and, and closing a little bit. I, I wasn't looking back to see, hey, how far am I? You know, how many seconds do I have? That sort of thing. So so I'm able to pass VJ. I get ahead of him. Um, uh, there was no water. I mean, uh, maybe there was water, but we didn't see it uh, right on the course. And so at this point, we haven't had a water stop. And we are eight plus miles into this race. Uh, the next water stop is at the very top of the mountain. Uh, that's the first and only place that I had anywhere to drink water uh, during this part of the race. Uh, and as we were jumping over these little streams coming down, you know, Stratton Mountain, uh, little drainage ditches and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm, I, I told VJ, I was like, I might just drink this water. Because you know, <laughs> it was, it was humid. It was humid, right? It was humid. It wasn't super hot, right? It was right. probably in the 60s at this point. And, um, you know, as you're getting higher on the mountain, it's cooling down. So it's probably somewhere in the low 60s or so. But the sun's out. And, uh, and yeah, we, we felt it for sure. Yeah, it seemed like a humid day. Yeah. And it was humid. It was humid. And I think all of those guys, uh, behind me and VJ actually did end up drinking from a stream at some point. I did not do that, which, you know, it's always kind of a roll of the dice, right? Like you'll probably get through the race, but how are you going to feel the next day or something else? But, uh, um, yeah, I didn't want to get worms, but, uh, <laughs> but I didn't, and maybe I should have, but that, that might've been an interesting task, uh, to see, but, um, but I got up to the top of the mountain. I think VJ had basically, you know, um, uh, you know, he had bonked at that point, mm-hmm. um, but still, still made it up, still did a really good job, right. Finishing strong, uh, finishing up in fifth. Um, but, uh, but then I noticed when I went back and watched the live feed, I saw how close Ian Hosek could come. Um, Igor, uh, Ryan Kempson was closing in, right? So instead of me thinking, hey, the race is in front of me and I just need to get past VJ and like continue to hold the lead, I had to be thinking I need to be continuing to put more of a gap on the guys behind me and extending this lead so that I have a buffer going down kind of a heavy carry and um, you know maybe on the descent where um, I wouldn't be able to descend the way I, I normally would, right? All out, uh, you know, flying down the mountain. How how was that descent then? I mean, you mentioned your ankle, and at this point, there's certainly a fatigue kind of setting in at, sure. to some respect, right? So, how was that descent? And was it did because I saw 
where there was the p- initial pass made, right? And that was at the right. base of the mountain? That was at the base of the mountain, um, Pendulum, yeah. right? And so Ian got caught up on an obstacle, um, the over-under, whatever it is. Oh, right? the, yeah. The blue right. thing that you got to go on top of and underneath and then on top of again. Did um, you just try to go over top of it or something? What happened? Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the volunteers, you know, they kind of knew the rules and stuff. And I, I think he had used uh, a technique that was – you know, you weren't allowed to or something. And I, I'm not sure. He was cheating. There, not allowed to cheat. Not allowed to cheat. Not allowed to cheat. And Ian knows that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. but. Um, but if you're not cheating, you're not trying, some say. so. <laughs> I disagree with that completely. <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows. I am not, I'm not condoning that, that type of mentality. Some would um, say. Yeah, some would say. I'll tell you what I think of some of those people. Um, so, yeah. So flying down the mountain definitely started to feel it right um and and at the top of the mountain like you're just gassed like i'm running you know i feel like i'm running in slow motion um but you know start to pick up pick up some speed you're still kind of climbing there's another little descent another big climb and then you're going downhill and um uh and at that point i knew these guys were close so i was bombing but every right step every time i stepped on my right leg it just, it hurts so much, uh, you know, on my ankle, but, um, but I continue to push, try to pick a, a good line, try to stay, stay in something that was a little bit softer, some of the taller grass instead of the harder, um, gravel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I got down to the mountain in first place. Um, but I wasn't able to really attack those obstacles. So typically I like to like jump off of something and catch a ring and swing through and that sort of thing. I was like stepping up to things and like, you know, having to do what I had to do. Uh, and I got posterized by Ryan Kempson who comes (laughs) flying through behind me down the mountain. And as I'm doing pendulum, like, you know, you know, like, through it. Going yeah, through I, I wasn't it. looking like a ninja warrior at that point. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Um, so I'm just like swinging through, taking these big long swings, and like you know, going quick enough, right? Probably the same way everybody else is doing it. And then this guy just comes through, launches off the bar, skips the ring. You know, big pull. You know, a couple. You know, a couple pulls on the long bar, hits a bell, and 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 passes me. And um, I was completely embarrassed. I told him that was totally inappropriate. And. That- uh, that's Shit. a good. That's a good way to put it. The OCR equivalent of, of of posterization. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> it was like it was LeBron over. Yeah, I was just. Was it I Jason Terry that one time? Yeah. That was a big dunk that he had. He's probably has oh, a yeah. couple. Yeah, yeah. He's, he has a few of those. A few of those. Um, but that was when he was in the Heat. We we prefer it when he was on the Cavs. Thank you. Right. Yes. We'd rather him posterizing people. I don't remember him Cavs. being on the Heat. I he's always played for the Cavs. He still plays right. for the Cavs as far as I'm concerned. The block on Iguodala, that that might Iguodala. be what that was that's like. what, in a that's championship. What it was. Then a that's championship. What it was. Um so, so we get to the sandbag together. He okay. uh, so Kempson and I start doing the sandbag together, right? And um uh you know, fifty pound sandbag, right? So they're uh, and then they have these, there, right? Yeah, these are wreck bags, right? So, you know, so they're pretty stable. It's not like the Spartan bags where they've been used so much that like all of the sand is on one side or the other. Wreck bags are like oddly comfortable. I like, know, right? They don't feel bad. Like, it oh, feels okay. like it's giving you a hug yeah. as you're carrying it. And <laughs> you don't want to carry it, but you're kind of okay with it because, yeah. you know, you feel like. You're going to carry anything. Yeah, might as well be yeah. that. And so throw this thing. So we got to, you know, so I'm kind of keeping with him, trying to keep with him. Um, you know, I think he's a little faster dragging it underneath the cargo nets and stuff. Um, 
you know, and again, this is the first time I touched any of these obstacles. A lot of these guys did the 3K the day before and right. they had a technique and like knew what they wanted to do going into it. I didn't even get to scope the course right the day before, I didn't think about that. the days before. Uh, so I had no idea, you know, what I was touching, what I was going into, what the multi rigs looked like. Um, so, uh, so that may have been a little bit of a disadvantage, but, um, but again, you know, Kempson just cruised right through that. I was able to, I, I think I did the sandbag pretty quickly. I was able to run down the mountain and stuff. Uh, Igor must've done it very quickly too, because he started catching me, uh, catching up to me there as well. Uh, and then Igor and I kind of go through like, kind of the final gauntlet together. Um, and, and again, not being able to attack the obstacles really hard or really push off my, my right, my right ankle the way I wanted to. Uh, you know, he was able to put a nice, nice little gap. I think he finished probably close to 20 seconds ahead of me, um, you know, by the finish. Um, but I was able to hang on, hang on to the podium spot, you know, through, through the end of the, uh, through the end of the gauntlet, because there are some, you know, the, we have urban sky, uh, is the, I guess, third to last obstacle, um, which is, you know, a series of different like pivoting holes yep. and like, there's a spin. Yeah. yeah there's like a helicopter spin. Thing. Yeah. 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 So it's not, it's nothing that we're going to fail, but it's something that um, you can find some seconds in, right. If you're able to skip and jump and fly. And, uh, and then there's something called pendulum or uh, ricochet, which I hadn't done before. Yeah. There are these rings and then you have to kind of pivot and switch directions, kind of pushing off of a wall or something to get a, a longer ring and then go through. Um, so it wasn't as efficient as I wanted to be through there. Um, and then you have the A-frame cargo and you're, you're at the finish at that point. Yeah. The thing with ricochet too, like with us, it's uses your feet. So you're going to never like a, a, you know, tender ankle. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. another, another thing It's like, Oh great. Now I have to use my feet for this, this climbing <laughs> obstacle. So yeah, I mean, you really seem to have gutted that one out, like no doubt, like off of ridiculous yeah. travel and, I didn't even think about the 3K just being an advantage because that's what happens a lot of times on back-to-back -back races, even like a Spartan where they're not that the obstacles, you know what they are, but even sure. just like where the layout is, what the what the like lines you could even pick running through that terrain, like yeah, that's certainly an advantage. So would you I mean, it wasn't on the in the cards for you this time, but would you do the 3K even if you didn't want to be competitive in the 3K, like no matter what? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that for next year. Like, does it make sense to do the 3K, uh, even do it casually, right? Just right. to get some experience on the on the obstacles, um, uh, you know, so that the 15K you're more prepared for, right? Or does it make sense to, you know, to skip it, to rest your body? Honestly, it's only 3k and there's a climb, but it's not a super aggressive climb. I don't think you're really going to feel it the next day. If you're well trained and well prepared, mm -hmm. uh, you should be. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would have preferred to have done the 3k and then done the 15k. I don't know that not doing the 3k, uh, left me any better rested or any better prepared for the 15k on Saturday. Um, so I, I think I'm going to plan to do, I'm going to triple up. Yeah. Next year. I'm going to plan to do the three K 15 K and team race. It's really hard to do the three K casually and not want to. That's do a thing. Right? That's a thing. I was thinking like, would you even be able to step in there? Cause you probably do well. Sure. 3K, you know, yeah. like there's yeah. nothing in that, that necessarily you would do any worse than in a 15 K. I mean, your top end speed is as good as anyone else 
in in the I field. You know, so even if it was like a if it was like a flat ten k, I bet you'd still get like second or third. Yeah, maybe. I don't I know. Think so. You might have to try that one of these days. <laughs> yeah, just everyone OCR, just go do a road race. See what <laughs> right. um, the track. Yeah. So the one thing that I was thinking about for this, and I know like you're definitely not a person who's going to sit here and be like, if only X, Y, Z happened, this, this, that. So I can do it for you a little bit, but I just kind of want to like spitball here. The, the fatigue that you may have been feeling, do you think that was potentially what could have caused the turned ankle like just like a lot like a brain power thing like not even like not having everything connected as well as possible just based off of like systemic fatigue yeah well i'm not i i don't twist my ankles right like i'm a super stable runner um i i hit trails i love technical stuff um i'm a great descender typically you know um I don't want to say that arrogantly, but I, I know that I am. Facts. Um, facts. <laughs> and uh, we're talking facts here, guys. We're just talking facts. <laughs> no opinion. Um, so it was weird that it happened, although with the variety of terrain and not being able to see what's underneath you, there's always that risk. Um, and I actually rolled it in a relatively soft spot. Sometimes it's on like something really hard that's a hole or something. It was through one of the muddier sections, right, where it kind of slipped underneath me, and, you know, and I rolled it. But, um, uh, you know, one of the rabbits I actually saw it. He was like, ooh, that looked pretty bad. Oh, it was <laughs> um, like they, yeah, someone got a visual on it. Yeah, 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 because I, I kind of hobbled once or twice after that. And, um, uh, and then, you know, so – yeah, I don't know. I don't think fatigue really played a role in it, honestly. And I, I'm not going to use my travel as as an excuse um, by any means. Uh, sure, I was tired. Sure, I didn't get you know the rest that you'd like to get before a race. But we've all gone into races tired and performed well. I mean, you look at what Batras did in Asheville, North Carolina, right? He you know had flight cancellations or delays and that sort of thing, and uh, didn't even get to our Airbnb before the race. He had to like crash at a quick motel for a couple hours and then, and then go to the race. Um, yeah, maybe there's something there because, you know, with third place, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to complain about hitting a podium at a world championships. That's, right. that's super exciting. Uh, it is hard to be in front at the bottom of the mountain uh, and then lose those two spots so close to the finish. Um, but, uh, but again, I, I think I'd give more credit to Kempson and Igor for closing the way that they did than to say, Hey, I was tired or, Hey, I twisted my ankle or something like that. I, I don't think, um, uh, yeah, I, I can't say that I can't guarantee that those were the things that, that kept me off of the top of the podium. Yeah. And it's interesting in those moments where it is because you don't, it's not this feeling that is so acute, like an injury, you know, mm -hmm. that sure. you could be performing better, but it right. hurts. And you mentioned before on the, de on descending for me personally, pain is, oh, is not always, but it's typically a limiter on descending one way or another. It's just like the pounding just kind of hurts sometimes. That's what oh yeah makes me yeah. pull back an effort so i can imagine like every step it, having it being just like a little bit like mental energy leaking there and trying to figure out the best way to go but when it's just like this when it is just general like poor sleep it's hard to know what's happening because it, your effort is still your effort you know right. like it's not right. you feel just how you feel so you can't really tell how much it mattered yeah yeah and i'm going back and looking at my garmin data to look at like okay 
was my heart rate doing? Uh, you know, where was I slowing down? Where was I speeding up? But with a mountainous race like this and with many obstacles in between, it's hard to know whether that was an obstacle issue, whether it was, uh, you know, a quick little climb or if it was, you know, technical footing, whatever, you know, was, was causing those variations, right. In, in your cadence in your, in your, in your heart rate and everything else. I'm trying to figure out, Hey, where, you know, where did I really start to feel it and see that big, you know, big spike. Was there anything, any indication? Is there anything that you like kind of could pull out of that? No, no, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going through it really. But, uh, but no, there's, there's nothing, nothing specific that, uh, uh, that pointed it out. But um, again, it's just, uh, it's a matter of timing. Maybe, Hey, we saw how aggressively I went out. Right. What if I went out with, um, you know, what if I hung back, right. Went with, you know, stayed with Kempson the whole time. Right. How would we have, you know, finished through and, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's something to think. I think I ran a pretty smart race though. Um, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I had a plan going into it. I executed the plan and, um, yeah, I was, I was actually pretty happy with, you know, with how I was able to maintain. I would say I would, I would agree. Like I, I was happy to see how you did run that race. Cause there's a lot of times in obstacle racing and we saw in, in West Virginia, just to bring it back to that race, it was like you and Batchers who weren't necessarily willing to run who everybody looked at to be the person setting the pace who would be like an Atkins, right? Like right. I would be willing to bet if you hung back, that one guy probably would have went out who yeah, yeah, yeah. probably Always. shouldn't have. Sure. Um, but then everybody would have just sat and waited on VJ, you know, sure. that sure. would have been what sure. was that, but you weren't willing to, to, you know, concede, <laughs> concede, concede your style of racing or what you thought you could best do or, for someone else in the race, which I admire. And I think that's a good way to kind of go about it because that's, yeah. The, I bet if you did that, you'd be, you'd be more bummed. The one place where maybe I, where maybe I did do that a little bit was on that massive climb right to the top. I was again, thinking the race was in front of me, not thinking about the race behind me. And so, um, you know, maybe I should have pushed harder, pushed faster right on that climb giving myself a little bit more of a buffer. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I never look back in a race, you know, I'm, I'm always taught not to look back in a race ever since we were in elementary, middle school, right. right. Racing the track, don't look back. Right. Just get to the finish. Um, you know, I should have maybe, maybe looked back a couple of times just to see, you know, how that, how that gap was, uh, was looking. Do you think that's advice just so you're not, changing your effort based off of other people or do you think it's like actually an energy thing like on a track if you're at like doing the 5k where there's not a lot of energy to give these are the waste of energy you're like why wouldn't you want to know what's going on behind you yeah yeah no i think uh i think early in your running career it's so that you're not you know you're you're not seeing a gap and then taking your foot off the pedal a little bit, right? Because right. when you're kind of an early kind of immature runner, like you don't know how to push yourself all the way right through the finish. And uh, and so they tell you not to look back because if you see a gap, you slow down and then somebody can catch you. Mm -hmm. uh, really, I'm thinking, hey, look back, understand kind of where you're at uh, and where you're going to make your next move because it's going to matter, right? How many seconds you have on the next guy is going to determine um, – where you decide to push, where you right. decide to use a blind turn, where you decide to, you know, skip a ring or, you know, take an, uh, an obstacle a little bit more aggressively. Um, so it's good to know where that is. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I think it's appropriate. You'll, you'll do see. You time, yeah. Do you have time to take another sip of water or something? Right. Yeah. It might help you in the back half. What were some of the, any obstacles even trouble at all? No, no, no. There were, um, I mean, there are some that if I did them again, they'd go a whole lot faster. Um, but. Is there one that you're thinking about? I was, I was thinking about Legaf, right? Where mm -hmm. uh, you kind of used your momentum of your body to swing around these, you know, these four by fours and these poles and stuff like that to get through it. Uh, I got kind of hung up on one of the poles for a minute, stayed a little too high on it, should have been lower, ended up getting it, cost me a few seconds. Not the end of the world. The other one was the snake lair where um, it was a series of ropes that you had to kind of swing, swing through. I was using my feet and in retrospect, I didn't need to use my feet at all. Mm -hmm. And VJ made up a lot. Of, he probably made up 10 seconds on me just on that obstacle alone where Tarzan. I could just Tarzan right through, right? These hanging ropes, you know, use more of my upper body. Um, and, uh, instead of like wrapping my feet around and then grabbing the next one and, and doing it safely, I was kind of still in the Spartan mode where, Hey, if I fail this obstacle, I got to do 30 burpees, not realizing, right. Hey, like fly through it. If you slip, start back over, you know, it's going to cost you the same amount of time. Um, and VJ and I actually talked about that at the end. He was like, man, you know, like you didn't need to use your feet there. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I didn't need to use my feet there. I don't know why I was going so conservatively through there. And that was before I twisted my ankle. So, um, it, you know, it didn't make any sense, but, uh, uh yeah. that's, a, that's one where, you know, I could have, I could have made up some, some pretty, you know, uh, some precious seconds. Is Legaf, is that easier or more advantageous for a taller athlete? Would you say? I would say so. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Actually on the last, on the last poll, you don't even need to tilt it, right? Uh, the taller athletes can just kind of shinny up and touch the bell and go. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, there is an advantage there, but, um, and actually probably a little bit the of the heavier athletes, right? The mm -hmm. bigger athletes, you know, it's, it, you don't have to have your, as much weight on the other side of it in order to, to shift it over. So. so I'm sure like, yeah, for you trying to get as high as you can, because that's going to make it so right, easier. right, 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 right. I didn't feel terrible about, you know, people may see the sandbag carry or something like that. Obviously, I'm a much smaller athlete uh, than, than a lot of the other ones out there. Um, you know, maybe that was a disadvantage. I knew that I was going to probably lose a few seconds on that one to uh, some of the bigger, better carriers, right, in this yeah. case. I, I'm a good carrier for my size and for my height and everything. We saw that in West Virginia with the log carry and, uh, you know, some of the others. But um uh, but yeah, that's something where I knew it was toward the end of the race. I knew I would need a little bit of a buffer, right. Getting there. Um, and, uh, and sure enough, Kempson put a couple seconds on me, uh, there and, and kind of pulled away the hurdles in the beginning. <laughs> Can I explain this? All right. Anybody who watched the live feed, everybody was so confused as to why we were going underneath the hurdles, right? So there's like four, probably four or five hurdles that we all climbed underneath. Now, they're me like and knee Southern high, Devin, right? They're like not. Yeah, they're not high at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're knee high for sure. And in the three k, everybody jumped over those, right? Because they're called hurdles, and that's what you're supposed to do. But I came up there, and I was actually technically the second guy there because there was a. Um, I think the Ecuadorian gentleman was there before me, mm -hmm. and there were literally arrows on the middle of each one of these hurdles that is pointing down. Huh. So I'm looking at the arrows and I'm like down. So we're supposed to go underneath. 
even though these are hurdles that we should be going over. There was one volunteer there and I was like, do we go over? Do we go under? And I stopped in front of the first one, which you may have seen on the live feed. And we ended up going underneath <laughs> everybody behind us, which is so funny. They all did it. Down. Everybody behind us goes underneath each of these hurdles and it's hilarious watching on the feed because somebody had accidentally put the arrows on there pointing down <laughs> and uh, and we're wasting a ton of time. Anybody who could have gone over probably could have shaved, you know, a solid, you know, six or seven seconds yeah. right off of the rest of the field if, if they had done that. And in the women's race, half of the women went under and the other half went over. So it was, it was really funny to watch. But that's why. There were arrows on the front of those things that you couldn't see in the live feed that were pointing down. Okay. And so I just, th I just thought you had an opportunity to turn an obstacle into a crawl, and you were like, I'm doing it. If there can be extra crawls out here – I'm going, I'm going. Heck out. yeah. Anything <laughs> I can do to make, uh, make it tougher on myself. I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the best obstacle? Oh, the best obstacle, man. Skull Valley is always fun. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different holes. There's a couple different ways to do it. Uh, I really liked, um, I actually liked the, there was one where there was a series of long, like six and a half, seven foot gaps where you could actually lache from each one to the, you know, where you can huh. you know, launch from each one of the next, or you'd have to go over to the side, use the sidebar and go around that way. Um, I like that because I love flying through the air and catching the bar and then flying through the air again. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, and then on dragon's back, they did like this cool series of, you know, dragon's back is a really pretty easy obstacle. Uh, but it's a little unnerving because you're pretty high up and you yeah. got to jump way out and catch this bar. Uh, but then they put a cargo net underneath where you had to climb down underneath mm. the cargo net, uh, you know, keeping your core up. And, you know, it was pretty taxing, actually, and then hitting the bell and going. Uh, so that was it was cool that they put that in there. Um, you know, ricochet was kind of cool, pretty easy, but kind of kind of fun. Um it's a good idea. It was a cool, yeah, it was a cool, cool concept. Yeah. I just love that they're trying new things, right? That they're bringing new obstacles in here. Um, and that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, just that there's some variation and that the obstacles make a difference in the overall result. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So, um, I mean, if you add up all of the time that you're on the obstacles versus all the time that you're running, it's probably a pretty significant right period of time. I mean, it's a, it's a fraction compared to the running, but it's still, you know, it's still enough that it's going to make up uh, a couple placement points. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the best part about this race, right. Is that it does, give the people who are proficient at obstacles yeah. a bit of an advantage for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, third place, man, it is awesome getting on that podium. And he just missed it in previous years. Uh, yep. so went to tremendous lengths to get there. So <laughs> definitely something to be proud of. I wasn't going to miss it. I love the Maldives. I mean, the Maldives are beautiful, gorgeous the animals, the sharks and everything. It was so cool, but there was no way I was going to miss OCR. <laughs> What do you, uh, what do you got next? Oh man. So I've got, uh, the U S national boomerang championships this weekend. Okay. Where's uh, that at? It's actually here in Ohio. Sweet. So that should be easier. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to travel. Uh, and then, um, and then I have the, uh, Boston marathon the okay. following weekend. So I'm going back to the East coast, back to Boston, uh, Boston marathon, uh, here in two weekends. And then, uh, and then the weekend after that is big bear in California. Okay. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go. I think I should go. You should go. I, I mean, you should definitely go. National series. I made the other four races. Why not finish off, 
you know, this one's strong and, uh, you know, I think they got some climbs in there. So, uh, I got some scores to settle and you'll be climbing. You'll be fighting for third. Yeah. Yeah. So in order for me to get third and get ahead of woods, I think I have to win this one. Oh, you'll be um, fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which right. I fully you intend can. to do. You can I do it. I, why not? Yeah. I'm just going to hop on Atkins back and let him carry me to the, and you, to the finish. And then chirp, I'm chirp in his ear a little bit. It's like, you should probably yeah. go out a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah. I should give him some advice. Oh, I'm sure he'll take it. Definitely um, will. But, uh, but yeah. Otherwise, I think fourth. I think I, I think I've got fourth. You got fourth, like lock. I, I forgot about. I forgot that VJ. I forgot about. I was thinking yeah. Woods had second, but VJ is going to show. And like, he might not do that well in this course. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll you know? see how he does. But even if not, I think he's still got second. Well, no, yeah, he's, he's he like this will be his third race. This will yeah. be his third race, right? Well, so, yeah, I guess actually he probably well. you, you probably have to get like 12th or something. Yeah, they give you a lot of points for that first first yeah. place, second place. You know, you yeah. get you get a little bit of a gap from everybody else. So, I think Tyler Veerman is uh is closer to me. I think Tyler would have to finish sixth to tie me and maybe fifth or something to get ahead of me in the series. Uh, but he's also r- running the ultra world championships at Telluride. So he might before. not do him. So he may not he even not do, Joe, I, I might have to give him a call and find out. We gotta, yeah, find we, gotta, out. we gotta, we gotta yeah, get the deets on this. You should find out. Um, well, cool, man. Well, make sure we'll follow you for the boomerang, for the marathon, big bear, big bear. And Abu Dhabi. Not, uh, oh, you're thinking Abu Dhabi for I'm sure. Abu Dhabi. I think that that'd be a cool place to go visit and, and to race and, it, now that you know, yeah, you know, travel is no big deal, <laughs> right? Obviously, the time the time change isn't going to affect me. So yeah, let's do it. Cool, dude. Well, again, awesome job. Great catching up, and yeah, we'll talk to Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, shout out to Ian Hosick and uh, VJ. Uh, we won the team race. We yeah, won the team race. so that was so much fun. We had some very fun photos. What did you do? Did you do the obstacle part? Yes, I did the technical part. VJ did the speed. Yeah, Ian did the strength. Uh, which was actually probably the longest portion of, of the whole thing. And uh, yeah, we, we, we had a good time with it. We actually put together this team long, long ago, like early this year, we said, all right, you know, we were all with Salming at the time and uh, we we're like, all right, let's just do a team for OCR worlds. And we agreed to it. And, and that was that. So even closer, probably not. No, no I wasn't, <laughs> but um, with DJ leading off. It's like, what's right. anybody going to do? Yeah, yeah. 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 We had, um, you know, I think if Atkins and Woods and other people were there, there there could have been a really good, strong contending team. Totally. Uh, you know, uh, with us, but uh, but actually, second and third, they did they did awesome jobs. Uh, my buddy Cameron James from Columbus, Ohio, he did really well. Uh, so yeah, he was he was on the podium with me. We got to share that. So uh, yeah, it was cool. It was really it looked, cool. Looked fun. That the photo of them picking you up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty solid. You're handing it up a little bit. Uh, a, little, a, little, a little bit. Uh, I pulled a hammy at the bottom of the A-frame, so I needed a true team spirit. Yeah. All right, dude. All right. We'll see you soon. See you guys. All right. Vince Pukowski, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. How are you feeling after? So it's Wednesday. This was your second beast distance that you've done how's it feel you did the seattle beast a couple a uh, couple weeks ago how's this feel doing tahoe comparatively after seattle like physically how are you holding up so f- physically i feel great i've already hopped back into to the marathon block um but like neuromuscularly like i'm just tired mm-hmm. um 
I've, I've been going to bed super early at night um, and wanting to sleep in, even though I can't. But um, so, yeah, it's just been like the a mental, mental fatigue. Yeah, I could imagine just with the buildup for something like that. And it was definitely a race where, I mean, it wasn't necessarily on your radar for a long time. You kind of, you almost jumped into it as much as you could jump into a race. You're kind of, you still had the beast preparation and you're putting in some good volume. But after you did this, Seattle beast was like, Hey, let's, let's just see how this thing's going to go. Let's just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was definitely it. I mean, I had, I trained through the summer pretty well. I kept my volume up. I cut back my volume for Seattle. And then after that went, um, you know, well, and wanted to, or kind of got turned on to this Tahoe idea, um, and put it on the calendar. It was kind of more like, all right, let's adjust what we can in the next two weeks to get ready for this thing. Um, but all the training prior to that had been like specific for a flatter, flatter course. Um, and I think that definitely, definitely showed. Right. Right. Like with the, the training, you know, a marathon block, you know, there's not going to be anything that's going to be necessarily like this. And even Seattle, it's, what'd you gain on Seattle? A thousand feet, maybe. Not the... even, it was like six, 600 feet of gain I hit on my watch. Oh, it was that, it was that little. Yeah. So this, this yeah. race, which is basically straight up a mountain twice and two big descents, it's a little, a little bit different. And that was something. So you finished eighth overall right? Um, in your first real taste of any type of national level competition. So all things considered the improvement that you've made in a pretty short distance in a pretty short amount of time has been pretty good. I mean, the first two races that you, you, you did, it was the race in Jacksonville, which you did age group. And then, you know, we've covered this before, but then you did a stadium race. So, and you weren't necessarily, kicking in the doors at that point, there was still like a learning curve for you to kind of figure things out. And then a fourth place at Seattle with some stiff competition and, you know, the, a, a made spear or little mistakes here or there, you know, you might be on the podium at that race too. So coming in eighth place at the, at this type of co- competitive race in your first season, is pretty strong. So how, how are you feeling overall about that? I know like, going into it and just you're, you're very competitive by nature. How did you, so how did you feel the race went? So I, I would say overall, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with where things are headed. Um, I think there were definitely some, some positions that I was like unprepared for the, the steep, uh, the steep running that I haven't been doing a ton of. I've been, you know, on that, that four to 8% grade a lot, but on the, on the really steep stuff, I haven't been uh, cranking away a lot. Um, the obstacles, again, felt super smooth and, and super good. Um, no issue with, you know, like weighted carries or or something like the tire. Um, all those things felt smooth. And I felt, too, that, uh, you know, early on in the race, I, I got detached um, after burpees at the spear again. Um, and I felt like I was working back into it well. The second climb, then I had... Uh, I, I started fading and it wasn't until we got into that second descent that like I felt my body coming around and coming back, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a good sign for just, you know, overall strength capacity and, and the work capacity is there. It's just putting together a lot of the uh, technical aspects of the race. Now the ability to descend, climb um, all the, all the smaller pieces that I think I've got the base of fitness um, in order to do uh, is just now, uh, chipping away and, and working those specific things. It's like one of those things you don't know what you don't know, 
right? And this is probably the first race where the the uh, grade of incline was as intense as it was. Like, and I know talking to you earlier, the idea was like, all right, I'm just going to go out and sit into the top pack and see how this first climb goes. Because you and I, we both agree is like, your fitness and your capacity is really, is really high. So, and as high as probably anybody in the field, like from like on paper, just like how training has been going. So how was that? How did the first climb end up for you? Cause I haven't seen the coverage yet. I don't know anything about really what happened in the race. I saw some of the photos and it can, can like, you can put together a little bit what happened through like the photos and through athletes and things like that. Yeah. But that first climb is really long. <laughs> so how was it going up? Cause yeah, it's at least what thirty minutes to get to the top. Yeah, so uh, race went off and it, it narrowed down in a single track pretty quickly. Uh, Woods, Atkins, um, and Mark um, got mm. up, and then I was actually running right behind Onhill Quintero, mm. uh, which I didn't know at the time. Um, I didn't know; I've never seen him before, so I didn't know who he was. But but I also then kind of told myself like, hey this is a 30 minute climb. And like, if you do a, an extra minute of work, are you really going to, you know, reap the benefits of that this early in the race or just stay here? You feel pretty comfortable on this first clobber. So I made the decision like, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of going to stick, you know, 15, 20 meters off. I think we'll be seconds back from that lead path. Um, but I felt super comfortable, which uh, for me, was into the bucket carry. And that felt super comfortable as well. Uh, it was along like the incline at the top of the, the mountain. So, um, I'm going to start after this spear throw, right? Try and clear the spear throw, be comfortable because, uh, you don't know what's, what's about to happen. And then, you know, start, start hammering. Um, and then yeah, it turned into another, another missed spear, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, but, so, so what place were you in going into the spear? Going in the spear, I was in fourth, fifth place. Okay. So it was, it was those top three, uh, Atkins, Woods, Mark, and then on hell. Uh, no, at that, it was it was Josh Fry, and there was one other guy we ran up to the spear with. Josh Reed. Um, but I don't remember his name. Oh, the dude Lars. Uh, Lars. Oh, something. the the other. Yeah, Lars. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, is... we kind of all got to the spear around the same time. And did they hit it? Did did. Who, how many people were doing burpees when you were up there? I, again, haven't seen the race footage. So I heard there was a lot of people missing. I know Mark missed. Um, anybody, like, who are you doing burpees with up there? Mark missed. Angel List missed. I think Lars missed. Um, and so we were kind of all in the burpee pit at the same time. I think Mark and I did 12 or 13 burpees together before he left the pit. Um, and then I left the pit ahead of, uh, on hell, but right behind Lars. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So then that top yeah. is like a pretty dense obstacle gauntlet doing burpees at, you know, 9,000 feet, not after a immense climb, not awesome, not ideal, not ideal for energy output, but, um, wh- how were you feeling coming after those burpees that like going into that, that obstacle gauntlet? How did how'd you handle everything? I actually felt great. Um, the top of the mountain was probably the best portion of the race for me, um, going through the obstacle gauntlet. I, uh, caught up with Lars pretty quickly. I was running with on hell for, for most of our time up top, um, on the mountain. And that portion felt, 
felt pretty solid um, to me. Uh, where I began to lose contact, though, is once we like crested the hill and we began uh, coming down this single track uh, trail, switching back and forth. Um, they were just taking meters on me, uh, it seemed like, with every step. Um, and so that that was super frustrating. And I, I kept checking my watch and I could see my heart rate was coming down from, you know, 178, 180 down to like 138 to 145. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And that ability to like peg a heart rate at a pace, it was just like not happening. Um, and that was super, super frustrating. And it's, so. that's clear. Like the, the, when you see things like that happen, it's not because of effort, right? It's not that you're fatigued and like you're so, it's just like the skill and the ability to keep your exertion that high. It's just not there right now, or at least at that, at that portion of the race. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're probably going down, recovering, but not on purpose, <laughs> and like losing place and and time for that. Uh, so were you kind of by yourself at that point? Or but let's back up on the obstacles a little bit more. Were you since it, it you're since you are fairly new at getting through all of them? I know like you know in 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 terms of your ranger training and everything like that. I know you see obstacles. I know you've been on them. I know you can kind of get through them, but in this sense where it's like a long distance obstacle course race where, you know, you saw in the women's race where Annie was making up lots of grounds on, on uh, Emma Cook Clark, just by being a little bit proficient, a little more proficient through that. How, how are you been, how you been doing on those? Like if you're, if you're on an obstacle, it's like you on hell and the other dude, Lars, like, if you get on at the same time, like how were you coming off with them? Were you like, were you guys all kind of doing the same? And then how was your transition in and out of them? Yeah. So, uh, like Angel and I, I touched the multi-rig at the exact step before I did. Um, so I've the, uh, the simple like heavy carry I was actually doing better than um, them at, but it's also such a short obstacle that there's not really time to, I mean, maybe you gain a second or two, but it's not, it's not a significant chunk. Um, at the top, there's also the tri- Tyro Traverse uh, and that went super well. I wore, uh, I wore compression sleeves on the legs just for that. Um, and Lesson learned. Helped. Yep. Yep. It helped glide right across that thing. Uh, so there was no issue there. Um, I was actually intending on going on top of the rope. And then when I got to it, I realized like, I haven't ever touched this thing and gone on top of the rope. So I'm just going to stick to what I know right now and, and go underneath the rope. God forbid, you know, something happens. So if you um, were, yeah, right. Cause it's like a little bit more exertion to get up on top of it. Probably no one's up on it. You're probably easy. That seems like something you would yeah. be taught in the military, but you probably have a ruck or some sort of gear on while going through that. Right. Do they, yeah, we, I mean, we do it in the army all the time, but you, generally the uh, the ropes we're we're doing like crawls on are a little thicker. They're more like a rappel uh, size rope, so maybe two and a half to three inches in diameter. Um, and so coming up to that thin, uh, probably less than an inch, probably a three quarter inch rope uh, hung across there. Yeah. I was just worried about the stability on top of the rope, um, and so that's where I was. I ran up to it and I was like, I'll just stick to what I know. I'll I'll go underneath and I'll just. Uh, go through it but it it went super smooth so that obstacle gauntlet on top actually went pretty well and for the first time I didn't feel like I was uh 
spiking during obstacles. I felt like I was just maintaining effort and there was no, you know, huge change in my heart rate every time I was hitting, hitting an obstacle. Nice. That's a great sign. And the carry, the carry was, you gained some ground on that as well. Yeah. So the, the first sandbag carry, the, the first bucket carry, we, uh, the group I was running with, we kind of all just stayed together that first sandbag carry. Um, uh, I maintained the, uh, you know, the few steps that on had in front of me, um, and just stuck on his hip. Um, but then out of the corner of my eye, the, the sandbag carry was like uh, a huge downhill turn a, a corner and then just come back up the hill. Mm-hmm. And out of the corner, corner of my eye I saw this guy in a black singlet just hauling down the mountain with a, a sandbag on his back and I was like that guy must be moving like five minute pace right now with a sandbag over his shoulders just coming down the mountain um and it turned out to be Taylor Turney um oh. and he every time we would climb I, I would gain on him but every time we would descend he was just he was soaring past and then um that that kind of became the story for the the whole descent the whole first descent down the mountain. That's kind of his MO is <laughs> like being a nasty descender. He like lives up in yeah. the mountains in, in Alaska. And I think they like just steps out his front door and is barreling downhill. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So were you solo by the time? Like, so the way I understand the course, like in previous years, it got to the village and you ran around maybe for like a quarter mile. Then you ran back up the hill, but this, this time, time it looked like it was kind of, you just kind of cut across and then went straight up, right? Were you by yourself by the time you were going up that second climb? Yes. So uh, during the whole uh, first descent, I watched Lars and, and Taylor Turney kind of run away from me um, on the single track. And then we got to a more like a fire break road, but they weren't gaining any additional distance when we were on the fire break road um because i i was confident enough in my footy even the descent when the descent was you oh, know yeah. below 12 percent um i felt like i could hang pretty well I, I was either maintaining or gaining on the guys in, in front of me uh just because that's a, a percent grade that I, I feel comfortable ripping down um and then we got to the climb and, and i had lost sight of them because it, the trail switched back up the mountain mm-hmm. um and so I, I basically just told myself like, Hey, just run until you see these guys uh, up this mountain. And then, you know, we're going to have to start going into this, you know, are, are we now just going to run to the finish? Are we running for position? What are we doing? Um, and I caught up to Taylor Turney about halfway up that climb, right as we got into the steep power hiking uh, section of that climb um, and just tried to, to power hike as, as hard as I could, knowing that, Hey, I've got another descent and these guys are clearly better th- descenders than I am. Um, we got to the top and yeah, it took maybe like 400 meters of the descent before Taylor blew past me <laughs> on that. And it's that really steep. Descent. It's super steep at the, at the start of that second descent, right? It just like fires yeah. down and it's like kind of loose, rocky. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a little sketchy. <laughs> and so he just came tearing past me on that. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Eventually we're going to have <laughs> to get to better trail and, and flatter ground. And um, then the second half of the descent actually went super well. Uh, I gained ground back on Taylor, eventually passed him about, uh, you know, three quarters of the way through that descent. And then just pushed 
on the gas until I got to the final sandbag carry. Um, and basically told myself like, Hey, if you blow up at the sandbag carry, that's fine, but you need to now use this flat, flatter terrain to your advantage. So just push. Um, and yeah, that bottom, um, once you get out of that crazy steep descent, it's actually kind of fun, right? It like kind of weaves back and forth. Like there, it's like covered, like you're back under the trees and everything, aren't you? And like, um, that's kind of nice. (laughs) It's kind of nice. And it's like, as like, reasonable of running as we'll get in OCR. So yeah, there's no doubt that, that you were able to, I'm not surprised you were able to kind of catch up on that point with the power hiking outside of something like best ranger or whatever, or anything you've had to do in the army. If like a long ruck or something like that, have you ever had to walk in a race before? No, no, that, that <laughs> right. was a completely new feeling. And it actually, it like made me feel like an absolute wimp. Like I got to this por- portion of the hill and I was like, okay, clearly this is a power hiking section, but like, I feel like a wimp right now because I'm walking during this race. Um, talking with a lot of the other guys are like, yeah, we power hike that section. And I'm like, okay, I guess everyone does it, but there's something about it that just didn't feel right in the moment of like, why am I walking right now? Um, man, yeah. My first ever trail race, real trail race I did, it's like, it was like a 15 K probably gained, you know, 1500 feet throughout the court maybe 2000 or something like that but there was a couple really steep hills in it and i'd never walked before and i was like i was winning the race i was all by myself and i started to walk on this thing and i was like i'm gonna lose this race now because i'm walking (laughs) and that is not good in a (laughs) running race i'm this is but yeah it's like a strategic thing most more or less everyone does it like if even if you watch the race on uh the obviously our world championship and stratton they have a really steep second climb everybody's just walking and like you almost can't yeah. do anything else but it. Atkins hikes. It's just like part of the it's just part of the deal, which is kind of which is like a bummer for TV because I'm sure like if you were to watch this like a year ago, you'd be like, "Are these dudes seriously walking? <laughs> like I'm gonna get out there yeah. and and murder them. I'm gonna kill them." But yeah, you just have to you just have to walk sometimes. Um. So yeah. how did the bot? How did the bottom go? So were you, so you passed tra- Taylor, and was there any like real other race after that, like in the sandbag and and uh, all the way in? No. So at that point, I, I couldn't really see anybody. Um. And so I I kind of figured like the other guys had ran significantly away from me at that point. Um. So I just grabbed the sandbag, uh, pushed through that, and then the the final gauntlet just basically was running point to point. Uh, from obstacle to obstacle, uh, just trying to maintain the uh, the gap that had been created. Um, got into the tire and had no issue flipping the tire. And then um, uh, I think the hardest obstacle of the day, though, was they did that. They did like uh, the tire flip straight into Olympus, straight into a rope climb, straight into the the uh, Herkhoist. And when I got up to the Herkhoist, I, I could definitely feel like oh boy, I just expended a lot of energy in those last three obstacles. And, and this is going to be some tugging. Um, but that went well too. And then it was like a, a 10 meter jog to the, uh, to the finish line. So, I mean, at the end, like in what it must've been 2017, they did that race and they had like, it was like 17 miles or something like that. There was like a million sandbags. They had two spear throws in this one. And like this field <laughs> got so spread out. And by the end I was so dead. I forget what the, it was like, uh, there was three obstacles in a row one that I just missed and I, I didn't lose any, I lost like two spots because of it, because everybody was so spread out and so dead. 
but like I definitely, Hercoist is always in that spot. Definitely missed Hercoist. Definitely missed the multi rig. And there was something else right at the bottom that I missed because I, I I was just terrible. And like that's the only place that spectators can see. So like my family came out to the trip and everything, and like <laughs> <laughs> they basically just watched me do burpees. I'm cramping up every single burpee. Um, yeah. So so that that Hercoist is can is definitely hard when you don't have any gas. Um, how did you get the tire over? Did you just, did you get under it or did you get the, like pinch the lug? Yeah. Yeah. I just grabbed the, the two lugs. And then what I've been doing is when I grab the lugs, my, my fingers are touching the ground. Um, if that makes sense. So like I'm grabbing the lugs, fingers are as close to the ground as possible. And on that first pull, I'm letting my fingers and like slip and push underneath the tire. Mm. Um, and then I've got a full grip under the tire and then it, it's been going going every time so that's interesting because that's what they say to do right you're not supposed to lift up you're supposed to push into it so if you push into it yep. and like you get it to tip up a little bit yeah it seems like you can slide those fingers right under um so it's interesting you're grabbing both lugs yeah. there's there's one strategy that you can if you grab one lug with like your right hand and like you take and cup the the back of your hand with your left hand and you kind of pinch one lug really hard with both hands that actually yeah. kind of works okay like especially when it's dry like that you can kind of just like pick it up sometimes but if you can get under it when it's on concrete like that if you can get it up a little bit and get your fingers under it i mean that's best case scenario yeah totally i've I've tried the the single hold before too um and it works i think just as well as as grabbing two lugs but the two lugs just feels more comfortable to me because Mm -hmm. it feels more like a traditional deadlift uh position i've got some space on my space on my arms there's you know I'm, I'm more grounded i'm more centered i'm more squared up to the to the implement so it just feels feels better yeah i agree and it's just a matter of like it's probably a hand strength thing like a single hand strength like if i can't like if you can't pinch a lug hard enough with one hand individually like taking one and like doubling up um but like i said like yeah if you can get yeah. over it with two hands that way like that's definitely the move um yeah so yeah, finishing absolutely. the race, like, what, what would you say, like, was your favorite part? What was like, what'd you like the most about the course? I, I mean, in, in all honesty, the thing I like most about the course is, is the humility that it brought. Um, <laughs> like, like you kind of mentioned before, uh, like when I watch this as, as, you know, someone with a track background, you watch it and you're like, these guys are not moving fast. Like I'm going to go out and have a, a field day on these guys. And it's just not the case. Um, running in the mountains is an absolutely different animal. Um, and so it was just like, all right, watching these guys and, and their experience and, and how that plays out and their strength in the mountains and on terrain, um, it, it got me hungry again to, to train and, and to tweak some things and, you know, get away. I've been doing a lot of speed work on the track, which I think is always important to, you know, maintain turnover. But you know, starting to look at like, Hey, instead of doing a two hour long run outside, do two hours at 10% on the treadmill right? or, um, you know, start doing, uh, intervals up in the mountains instead of intervals on the track. And you can still do a three on two off. It's just going to feel different. And like, you can't go by pace. You'll just have to go by heart rate or by perceived effort. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just, it, it got me very, very excited to start, start tweaking some things and looking at how to maximize, uh, maximize the power to, to handle these, these courses. It's almost like a completely, yeah, like you said, it's a completely different thing, right? It's like, 
and it's still taking me a long time to wrap my head around, but it's almost like a different style. It'd be like, you know, freestyle of a swim versus like the breaststroke or something like that. Like they might transfer, but like a specialist in the breaststroke will probably beat someone who's like the best in the world at a freestyle. Right. So like coming in as a uh, track runner, we're probably more like freestyle swimmers. Yeah. We need to learn the other part of it and like train that as well to become as, as good of it, because it's like, it's, it's hard to let go of because like, this is what's going to work. I know it's going to work, but then it's like, you have to remo- remove all the pacing and everything. So, and it's good that like you got in and mixed up in this competition with all these guys who you'd probably be in a 5k, you know, and just seeing, seeing it yeah. and the going downhill and everything is just, is different. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, but what I took away as like a positive was, um, you know, if, if, I, I know I, I showed you, but I basically took everybody's Strava segments from the race and, and calculated their times and then saw my percentage difference uh, between like me and the top guys. And the, the area I'm just losing in is the descent. And it is not even close uh, to anything else. Um, I'm just losing an enormous amount of time descending. Um, but what I also think is like descending is not so much a fitness or a, a fix in your fitness as it is a fix in technique mm-hmm. um, and ability. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, if I look at like where I'm standing right now, I'm happy with where I am in that. Like, I don't think I need to do a ton to my fitness. I think I just need to, you know, readjust how I'm training that fitness uh, to be ready for like a mountain style race. Um, and then I really just have to focus on technique and you know, getting comfortable bombing down these mountains and, and letting the, the feet fly. So, um, I'm happy with, with that positioning. And we actually talked about that in previous, uh, previous podcasts that we did. It's just like, seems like jumping out of a plane, right? It's like going to be scary, but just like doing it more and more and more is just like, there's really no other way. Like I, I've tried to figure out like, how can you get, get it yeah. descending without like needing to just do it on these crazy grades? It's like, yeah, I really don't think you can. <laughs> I think you just need to do it a bunch. Yep. Which is good to know. Yep. Right? Because the, the, the work's not the yep. problem. It's like what work you need to do is what, what you're figuring out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, like I, I know a lot of people in the sport shy away from like high volume um, and go more towards like a uh, almost like a hybrid approach to, to get like just time on time on uh, feet whether that's like cross training between bike and running or getting on a rower or, mm-hmm. or swimming or, or whatever. Um, but I know I handle volume pretty well. So, you know, I think if, if I get through this marathon block, averaging 80, 90, uh, clear the marathon and then, you know, starting like December, January, start looking into putting in some hundred mile weeks, uh, and then bring that kind of fitness in the next season. I think that, uh, that would set me up well then to, uh, to compete, on any incline um and then it's just you know figuring out where to add that technique work in uh to round it out i agree i agree like the bigger aerobic base the biggest bigger aerobic capacity you can have like it's only gonna like you're mostly aerobic for this this thing you know it's mostly an aerobic endeavor so like building that thing up as big as possible and like yeah if you have the volume if you have the capability of building it up it's probably the best bet 
So when is when's uh, when's the marathon? Yeah, yeah. Marathon's December fourth. Okay. Um, so December fourth here in Tucson. It's a uh, net downhill course. Um, so I'm cheating a little bit, but is it uh, still like certified for like? Yep. Yep. Nice. It's certified. It's a uh, Boston qualifier. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll see. It, it starts up at 5,600 feet. Um, <laughs> so, so there's some, uh, altitude involved, uh, <laughs> but by the, by the end of the race, you're down at like 3,800. So, you know, you've got 2000 of almost net loss, uh, across the course. So, um, Interesting. it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, a pounding on the quads and, and the IT bands, but, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to finally give the marathon a, an honest effort. Do you have some alpha flies or some vapor flies? Yeah, I've got, I've got alpha flies and vapor flies. Um, I've actually got my first uh, race simulation this Sunday. I'll, I'm doing 20K at marathon pace. Um, and I'm going to start playing with if it's going to be alpha flies, vapor flies, or like a Hoka Carbon X. Um, huh. Trying to figure out which shoe is going to take the impact the best. You're not, so, do you know, you're not yeah. sure what you like better between an alpha fly or a vapor fly? It's just. I, I like the, uh, the vapor fly better than the alpha fly actually. But what I'm worried about is, uh, with all that descending, you're going to be riding your heel more than your forefoot. Uh, and those, those racing shoes, uh, don't have a lot of rubber on the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of foam. So I'm worried about how they're going to hold up to 26 miles of pounding. And if mm-hmm. you just obliterate the back of your heel, um, while you're descending and your shoe is compromised, is that, you know, worthwhile? So. like chunks of shoe fall out of the the next per sensor or whatever you want to call them because there's no rubber there sometimes like you just lose yeah. foam the foam's just gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what i'm worried about so i've got three race simulations in the next seven or eight weeks uh so each race simulation i'm just going to try a different shoe and then figure out which which one of those shoes uh stood up the best so nice Nice, man. Well, overall, I think the race was a success. I'm glad you did it. And like, you know, the things you kind of been saying is that, so is that like, yeah, now you're in, what what was that? What was that moment? Like where you're like, okay, now this is really what I want to kind of go after. Yeah. I mean, I, I was at the airport and just kind of thinking like, you know, I've never been, you know, since college, this excited to race or this excited, really not even to race, but to train, um, you know, having like tangible things and it's not just a one-sided coin of, Hey, the, the formula is super easy. Just become the fastest guy that gets to the track and you're going to win. Um, that is not the formula for this. Uh, and so that's super exciting that now there's a a bunch of different markers, uh, to go after. There's a bunch of different ways to train this. There's uh, a bunch of different ways, but between getting in the gym or on a treadmill or out in the mountains or, you know, still incorporating that track speed. So you have the you know, uh, economy of motion and, and good turnover. Um, finding a way to include all of these variables has got me super excited to, to build a training block. So um, that's the, that's yeah. the difference between most high-end runners who come in. And then what you, what you just explained there is like wanting to, to change the training, right. Wanting to figure things out. 
And it's cool that you had that fire burning now because that's that's really what it takes. You know, it takes it takes a commitment to changing what you've been doing. Um, yeah. so I'm I'm pumped to hear that, man, because there's a lot yeah. a lot of room to grow still, and you're already getting pretty pretty decent results in in your first four three or four races. So lots of growing to do. Yeah. To be fair to some of those other runners though that came in, I'm not quite in the same position as like a a Chris Brown who you know has to rely on money that he gets from Hoka and he's got to go out and do these races and running has to be his focus because uh, that's what his sponsorship says. So I'm, I'm blessed to be in a position and have a job where I can, you know, be flexible like this and, and chase something completely different. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. Totally, man. Cool. We'll make sure to follow along. Uh, we'll uh, post on the marathon and everything like that. And yeah, keep things rolling too. So I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Take care.